Hello, Leapers. Chris here. What you're about to hear is a tribute to our departed friend, Matt Dale, which we produced for our YouTube channel. Thank you to our participants, Brian Green, the keeper of the Owl's Place Quantum Leap fansite, Sam Fain, the host of the Fates Wide Wheel Quantum Leap podcast, and Quantum Leap podcast crew, Allison Pregler and Hayden McQueenie. And special thanks to Albie Burge, Quantum Leap podcast creator and the person who is single-handedly responsible for this monumental effort. Thank you so much for all the hard work, Albie. And thanks also to you, listeners, friends, and members of the cast and crew of Quantum Leap for sending in your own remembrances of Matt, which you'll also hear during this podcast. So please join us as we remember Matt and say goodbye. Starting with this message from Quantum Leap writer and co-executive producer, Drew Lindo. I'm not sure there was a bigger fan of Quantum Leap on the planet than Matt Dale. Matt was probably the most, like the foremost expert on Quantum Leap in the globe. Um, Deborah Pratt even said as much. And his compendiums, his encyclopedic knowledge of the original series was staggering. He was really, truly like a a super fan. And yet, you know, despite being such a super fan of, of the original series, what was great about Matt was when we brought the revival up, he didn't have daggers in hand. He really genuinely was rooting for the new show to be good, to be its own thing and to tell a new story with new characters. But he, what was clear was that he wanted not to forget the altruistic spirit of the original series. And when it didn't hit the mark for Matt, he made his displeasure clear. But whenever the show delivered that mix of hope and humor and history and heroics, and I saw that unabashed joy emerge from Matt in a flurry of messages that I would receive from him on social media, I did feel proud because Matt's heart was so genuine and so honest and so steadfast in the kindness and the compassion, the same kindness and compassion that Quantum Leap represents. And, um, and it, I often felt a responsibility when we went into the show to, that we owed it to people like Matt to take care of this gem that meant the world to people like him. And every time Matt Dale reached out to say how much he was enjoying the revival of Quantum Leap, that it was getting better every week and we we're improving even more so in our second season, it was very fulfilling because I didn't want to let people like Matt down. And, you know, Matt and I are close to the same age. So I can only imagine we probably both discovered the show when we were young. And when you love something as a kid, it takes on a more profound power as an adult, you know, it becomes something you treasure, something you share with others in hopes that it matters to them the way it mattered to you. And that's what Matt did. He really helped build a community uh, with people all around the globe, people who never even got to stand in the same room with him. You know, he shared his passion and his knowledge of these great characters in this wonderful world, these wonderful stories. And he shared that with anyone who wanted to join in and celebrate the, the power of walking in someone else's shoes and learning to see beyond the other. And, um, and I love that about him, that, that, that was at the end of the day, that, that's really what mattered to him, both in fiction and in real life, clearly. And uh, when we last spoke, you know, Matt had figured out I was writing another one in the end of the season and he was really looking forward to that. And I was excited as well because I, I was excited for his reaction to the rest of the season because listening to him theorize and, and, and get giddy, you know, cause he was so sardonic and reserved and yet also so giddy. And so it was exciting to imagine his reaction. I was excited to come back and talk with him and Chris at the end of the season. And 
you know, chat, argue, theorize, and laugh about this, um, this work of fiction that continues to offer a ray of light and kindness to people, despite the world being so a dark place often. And I'm genuinely saddened that we have lost um, a ray of light in Matt himself. You know, his family and his friends and this community will miss him terribly. And I, I really wish, um, you know, I wish he was still here. I wish we were able to come back and chat together and, and li I could listen to his voice. And he's left behind so much incredible work for us to revisit. And it feels like there are parts of him still out there for us to, to treasure. Um, and I know I'm thinking of him and his family as we try to move forward. Um, but, you know, from what I saw, Matt was welcoming, yet cheeky and sardonic, yet gleeful. He was intelligent and insightful. And he'd be feel flattering and brutally honest. And, you know, when the show moved him to tears, he let me know. And there was no higher compliment. Um, you know, despite living thousands of miles away and, and never meeting face to face, I really am going to miss him because it was a privilege to bond with Matt Dale over something that we both genuinely loved. Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome back to the Quantum Leap podcast. I'm Albie. As you may know, on Christmas Day, we lost our friend, uh, Matt Dale. Um, he survived by his uh, long-term partner, Sharon, and his seven-year-old son, Zach. And uh, he was our friend and colleague, and we loved him. And we decided to get together and just uh, talk talk about Matt and uh, share our memories and um, celebrate the man who was our friend. Okay. Uh, so this isn't going to be the normal morning zoo style show that I normally try to put on and funny different things. Uh, but you know, uh, we're here and, uh, we were going to wait for a while to do anything. But then when the GoFundMe account came up, uh, I decided, uh, with Chris that maybe sooner would be better to maybe make people more aware of the GoFundMe to help out Sharon and Zach as much as we could. Uh, so I'd like to start by um, saying thank you, everyone, for being here. And uh, I just want to just want to start with Chris. Chris, uh, you, you recently uh, took over the Quantum Leap podcast with Matt by yourselves as a duo for season two of uh, the new series. So uh, you definitely had the a connection with him. And uh, I just want to I want to start with you. Thoughts thoughts about Matt. Yeah, I mean, I am surprised at how hard I am taking this. I, if we're just doing the, as you said, this, we're all standing around the kitchen chat, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I stayed in bed today until noon. I've never done that before. This is hitting me so much harder and more profoundly than I had expected that it would. Uh, not that anybody could expect something like this, but I have just been, bowled over by this entire thing since I heard about it. And it's been a very tough road to try to rally myself and to talk about this stuff. And I'm glad that you got me out of my malaise enough to say, hey, we have to do this and we have to do it now because there is kind of an imperative here. I mean, we have people donating to the GoFundMe and 
it got me up and it got me out and it got me to do something else besides cry, honestly. And um, I want to thank all you guys for showing up here and for just being here to talk about Matt. The, the, the craziest thing, Albie, is Matt and I took over uh, for season two, the, the latter half of season one. Um, but I feel like we've always been the same podcast. Like Allison wasn't there, but I don't feel like we ever lost her because she was always there waiting in the wings. But when I come to reflect on Matt and I and our relationship, I have discovered that we never really spoke that much at all beyond podcasting stuff. I've discovered in the last few days how little I knew Matt genuinely as a person as opposed to a partner and a fandom friend. And it got me back to thinking about one thing in season two of QL that struck us both. It struck us both to the point where we had to put off recording for a week because we were so profoundly affected by what we saw on screen that it answered a long-time question that I had about Matt, but I never dared ask because we were always just joking around on the podcast. We were friends, but it, it never got real. And I feel like that's one of the points where I can say it got real between us in a way that transcended us being on mic together. And if there's anything I can bring to this discussion, it's just how much I regret not talking to him about stuff that I always wanted to ask him about, but I kind of felt funny because am I crossing a line where we're friends, we're online friends. And this is something I think we all deal with. This is the first time I've ever lost somebody who I, I've only known virtually, even though I've spoken to him more than most members of my family over the last five years on a weekly basis. I still don't think I ever really got to know Matt and I'm, I'm profoundly sad about that. Hmm. Anybody can just jump in and share memories or thoughts. You know, this, um, I think like the one real regret I have is that, um, you know, the last thing that you and I, Chris were planning with Matt was, um, to hang out with him yeah. the day that he had the seizure and um, you know, plans fell through and we're like, well, let's reschedule for another day. We are thinking maybe like Christmas Eve, we'd have a call. And uh, yeah, I really wish that I'd hung out with him that day. Um, Cause that we were going to hang out and Matt was saying, you know, like, let's just hang out as friends. Let's not record something. Let's just, you know, have a good time. Yeah. Maybe watch quantum leap, you know? And um I really regret that. Um, but um, I do feel like I, that I knew Matt. Um, I feel like I know him even more now, uh, seeing the response from everyone, um, because he just impacted so many people's lives. Um, there are so many people across different fandoms, across different walks of life um, that are, are so immensely sad to have lost him. And um, if there's anything... Um, good to take away from this is that uh, it, it warms my heart to see how much love is pouring out for him. Like how loved that he was. Yeah. 
Yeah. And if, if, if I can maybe amend a little bit of what I said, even though I feel like I didn't know Matt in retrospect, I mean, the time that I've spent with all of you, but especially Matt and Allison and Albie and Hayden, I feel like even though we might not know each other the greatest, I feel like we're all family. Mm-hmm. And I have grieved for Matt as much or more as I've grieved for family members that I've lost. As I said, this has knocked me for a loop. And I don't mean to you know, disrespect anybody else on the call, but I mean, when we were in it, we were in it together. It was the five of us and we were just getting it done and we were in the motions and what interview do we need to get? And what are we going to, when are we going to, it was just always like the process. It was, it was always the production. And Matt was such a central part of that because he was the organization guy. He kept it all together. He kept the calendar. He kept the interviews. He kept hammering people to get the, you know, to, to get on camera, to coordinate everything. And, I I was always so preoccupied with what I, what I was doing that I was just satisfied to just leave it in Matt's hands and in Albie's hands because I knew that it was going to get done and I could participate or not as my schedule permitted. And now I just wish that I had taken every opportunity I could to be, you know, together with 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 all of us. Because you just, you never know. And I don't mean to monopolize, but I mean, being on mic with Matt exclusively for the last year almost has given me like at least a unique relationship on Mike as unique as I've ever had with somebody when I was podcasting. And he was always there to make everything better and to meet the conversation and to meet the challenge. And I mean, that is a rare thing. And for anybody out there who is a podcaster, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, we can talk about the genesis of, of the team of, of the, the new trio, the, the Matt, Allison, Chris trio, as, as you'd like, but that is something that I will say I never took for granted because I know how rare it is. And the three of us together, we were, we were just magic. Mm. And, and I mean, that's why when I say I love him dearly, I love Allison dearly. I love all of you dearly because I know how special it was. I love all of you. I want you to know that. I love I love all of you. I've said that a lot in the last few days to all of you, I think, because you never know when it's the last time you talk to somebody. Um, I'd like to echo that. Um, Matt, I, I was listening to the conversation with Albie I did with him, and he talked about his organization skills and stuff. And when Matt came aboard, that made my job so much easier because – he was the person that organized things. I'm the idea guy. I'm the I'm the pie in the sky. Hey, let's get the whole cast of this new show together. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, I would just say that, and then Matt would be the one that would have to make it happen. And then Can I, I tell you how relieved I was when Matt took that over because I used to be the guy that said Alvy, but 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 <laughs> we have to we actually have to do that. I, I don't I don't know. Matt swooped in and he was just like, all right, I got it. I hold my beer. I got he, it. <laughs> he loved doing it though. He loved doing it. And he was like, Oh, I got so much stuff for my book. I can find out what's going on in the show. And he, you know what? He made friends with so many people involved too. Like and he was just such that. a, a 
yeah, he was just such a kind person. And, and you can tell from the reactions um, from people involved with the show, like how dearly he's missed because like he, he had a genuine connection with them. It wasn't just, you know, a podcaster, like he, he was friends with them and um, it just speaks volumes about how special he was. I found out um, how special he was. And I, I just thought he was, he was awesome and kind and my friend, I didn't realize he was so kind to everyone and everybody viewed him as such a good friend. But uh, the day that the news was went public, I think the day after Christmas, uh, I think this experience happened to a lot of us. The actors from the new show reached out to us, the producers, writers, just my my messenger was full of these people and they legitimately cared about Matt and they wanted to express that. And I just thanked them for that. Yeah. I, I didn't uh, talk to any of them um, personally outside of a, of a few of the interviews that I'd been in. Um, but Drew Lindo messaged me on Instagram just to, to say how sorry he was. Like he was just reaching out to people that he knew meant a lot to Matt. And, mm. you know, it really meant a lot that, that he cared enough to say that. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, we're as, as the, the QLP maybe monopolizing a little bit. We have some other guests here with us. I'm saying this for the eventual podcast release of this, if you can't see the video. So, um, Albie, if you want to introduce the other guests. Yeah. Uh, also with us, we have Sam Fain from Fates Wide Wheel podcast from Quantum Deep and the Quantum Leap podcast, Quantum Leap After Show. We have Hayden. And of course, we have uh, from Al's Place, we have Brian Green. Um, Hayden, without using any expletives, could you uh, tell me stories about Matt or your thoughts on Matt? Well, it's funny that you say that, actually, because I was just thinking about how many laughs Matt and I just had together he uh i think out of most of the crew was the one who understood me the most um because uh the british sense of humor and the australian sense of humor is very very similar like you said the aussie version tends to have more four-letter words in it but uh but uh yeah i, I just remember in particular uh, we recorded a quantum deep unfortunately i never released it and i don't think i even have it anymore i'll have to see if i can um, get it up but uh, I remember I've just been really I was going to say pissed off but I'll say <laughs> really uh, annoyed by something that I'd read on one of the quantum leap pages and I'm like all right I'll do a quantum deep about this it was about people not wanting to get at all political on the website or, or discuss anything political and I'm just like did did you watch the show at all? It's a political show. Um, and so I got Matt on uh, mic with me and uh, we, we did do a great show. Not that I really remember much from it. It was a while ago. But I do remember just how much we were laughing all the way through it. And, uh, yeah, it, it's really hit me uh, an awful lot as well. Um, just like I, I got woken up, I think, at 5 a.m. on the day after Boxing Day by my phone just going ding, 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 when uh, everyone was uh, telling me about what they'd been seeing on Matt's Facebook page and uh, elsewhere. Um, and it, um, and I was in such shock, I think I just passed out again. And when I woke up again, I'm like, oh, I hope that didn't really happen. And unfortunately, it did. And yeah, but the funny thing was I'd been feeling miserable all Boxing Day because, remember, I'm a day ahead of 
everyone else and I had no idea why. And, you know, I, I just had horrible feelings all day and um, now I guess I know the reason. So it just the fact that, you know, you can sense that something's bad has happened with someone who is the other side of the world um it, it just does show how much he did reach out and touch all of us um yeah this is probably the first time i've ever felt really speechless uh since being on the podcast but i'm trying my hardest to remember the the really fun times and that quantum deep we did in particular really stuck out and i i do like the fact that uh Whenever I was on mic with with the crew, um, he'd always have some really awesome answer to a question that I would ask or uh, it just made me think about things that I would never really think about. Um, I, I think it takes a really special person to be able to do that. Yeah, he was special. I, I think a lot of us had that experience or people here had that experience where we knew when it went public, when our phones started vibrating off tables and stuff. Uh, the whole internet was in shock and um, shows you how many people, how many people cared about him. Sam, uh, Sam Fain from Fates Widewheel, a very good friend of Matt. And uh, Matt was our, our connection with you, our ambassador to the other podcast mostly, you know, because we are a big podcasting family and we're all fans of the Quantum Leap. And I like to think we're all on one team. Uh, if you haven't seen Sam's uh, talk that he did on the Fates Widewheel YouTube channel i definitely recommend going that but i'd like you to like you to talk about matt for a little bit sam um i i don't think i realized how much of a friend matt was uh until recently um you know i've known him now for five years a little over five years was when we did the first interview with him and immediately I felt connected to him just because of, you know, obviously our love of quantum leap, but also Dr. Who. And we didn't talk a lot for those first few years, but we would certainly communicate um, on occasion. And it was always so pleasant. He was always so positive. Um, and during that time I was, you know, I was going through a lot that was, um, still about a year and a half or so before I got sober. And, um, you know, there was a lot of family stuff that was going on. And when the pandemic hit somewhere in the middle of the pandemic, we just started chatting a little bit, you know, here and there a little bit more. And, uh, oftentimes it would be something related to Dr. Who, um, we weren't actually talking about quantum leap hardly at all. Um, but that all changed when, um, you know, the pilot script got dropped into my lap and I did not know what to do with that. You know, I was, I, I don't, I don't, what do we do with this? And and Dennis and I talked about it at the time and I was like, I think I should give it to Matt, but I'm a little worried, uh, you know, just because I don't know. I like, I, it's not that I don't trust Matt, but like what, what, I don't know what you do in this situation. I don't want it to get traced back to the person that gave it to me because I don't want them to lose their job or whatever. And, you know, and Dennis is just like, we, we should give it to him. We should definitely, we should absolutely give it to him. And I was like, okay, okay. And I emailed it to him and he was in LA at the time because of the Gallifrey convention. And, uh, 
And he was so excited. He was so giddy about it. And he was like, okay, I'm getting on a flight. I'm going to read it and I'll, I'll message you, you know, when I, when I land. And after that, you know, we spent the past two years, it just, yeah. I mean, a few, at least a few times a week messaging each other back and forth. And, and obviously he was on the show a few times and, you know, one of the joys of this past, you know, this season of quantum leap and certainly since, you know, July with all the changes that have happened at Fates Wide Wheel and everything. One of the biggest joys for me was when we got to conduct the interview with Christy Lowry together. And I had, I, one of the things that I said, cause it's funny before we started the interview, Matt was very <laughs> much of a mind of like, you know, um, if we talk over one another, I imagine, you know, it's going to, there'll probably be, it'll probably be bumpy along the way because we've never done this before, you know, things could happen. And, and, and he always did this. He would always say this to me He'd be like, you're, you know, you're much better at this than I am. And, and, and at that point in time, I was just like, well, that's not true. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I know you felt when you first started that, that, you know, this and that, but you've gotten really good at this. And, um, so when we did the interview after we were done, the first thing I said to him is we only talked over one another once, <laughs> you know, the entire thing was so easy and it was just, it was, it was so effortless and it was, you know, just the give and the take and everything about it, 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 it felt so natural. And, and, and I, I hoped that we would get the chance to do it again. Um, and I, and I'll never forget, like he said something to me, uh, not soon, not, not too, it was pretty soon afterwards. He said, um, I think it might've been the Trey Calloway interview when he conducted that about how good he felt about being an interviewer and about how much he'd learned. And, and, and I was just so happy to hear him say that because I was like, yeah, you know, you're, you're really good at a lot of things. <laughs> um, but I, I think recently being able to talk about him, talk to him about some more personal things really showed me the human being that Matt was and how understanding he could be and how good of a listener he could be, even though, you know, we're just sending messages back to one another. And I learned so much from Matt. And it was very unexpected because we're about the same age, you know, he has a seven-year-old, I have a five-year-old. We were in similar positions, but over the past five months in the past year, I, really learned so much from him about how to be a more gracious human being and, and host, how to be a little bit more understanding and how to be a little bit more compassionate, how to not take myself too seriously. And I never expected that. And I never expected to be sitting here and talking about it this way. And I think that it's still difficult for me to really believe that I'm not going to talk to him again. <sighs> Brian. I, um, uh, I knew Matt for a while. Um, 
when he was working on his first book when it first came out. And, uh, you know, we'd message back and forth a little bit. He'd ask me, you know, could he uh, borrow something from Al's place or, or whatever? And I was, of course, you know, uh, anything you want and uh, offered any help. And he was just so nice, you know, kind of echoing what Chris said in the beginning here. Um, I didn't know him personally as much. Um, you know, I knew he had a son and, and all of that kind of thing. But he was just a great guy to chat with and um, and work with because we, you know, we would exchange things and talk about things. And I just got done writing an article for the, the third volume of the book. So, you know, hopefully it comes out. Uh, it can be worked out to, to come out later um, because he worked very hard on all three of them. And to, to not get that third one, um, you know, that it's his legacy at this point, I think. Uh, I never got to really do a podcast with him, and I do regret that. Um, you know, I think I've done one with, with everybody else except for Chris. But I don't know, Chris, if you remember in 2005, I think you, you did a chat with us on the when we had the chat room back in the day. I do. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I've watched I've watched uh, QLP for a long time now, so I feel like I kind of know you guys anyway. Uh, you know, me and Albie and Hayden have done a bunch of stuff, and I did something with Sam recently. But as far as Matt goes, uh, when I when I heard the news, you know, I thought it was I thought it was fake. I thought there's no way this has happened, you know. So I started asking around. I think Hayden, <laughs> you, I got you probably at the five a.m. there, um, and I just couldn't believe it. And then uh, you know, I messaged Emma Fee, and she told me for sure that what had happened, and I just mm. I still can't believe it. Um, you know, he was just uh, so nice to me, uh, you know, even though it was just emails and instant messages and and that sort of thing. You know, he, he one time told me that he couldn't believe that he was talking to me. <laughs> and at the same time, I was thinking, I can't believe I'm talking to you. You know, look, look what you've done. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's going to be missed. Um, can't be replaced. And I think his legacy will live on, you know, through these podcasts and through yeah. through those amazing books. Uh, the work he put into those is un, uncomparable. And I have to say, Brian, I mean, um, the fact that Matt said that he couldn't believe he was talking to you for, you know, 20 years plus, you were the standard bearer for the fandom keeping quantum leap alive with Al's place and uh, the leap back convention. And without you, I don't think that Matt would have had the inspiration to continue on with his fandom journey. So when, when I say that you should not underestimate the effect that you've had, not only on Matt, but on the entire fandom, when he said that he meant it and for a good reason. So take that to heart. It it wasn't, I, I know that what, what we're talking about here is Matt was always very able to be so gracious that he would make the conversation about you, no matter what the conversation was, because I have in the last few years become very production minded, very results minded. And when things weren't going right on the podcast, or if we had a delay, or if we had whatever, whatever little bump, there were always bumps. He would always talk me down because I was just like, ah, we're not going to do it. Ah, my head's exploding. And he would make it all better. 
and he was always very good at at being that sounding board and that reassuring presence. But when he said to you, I can't believe I'm talking to you, I know he meant it because you and him were akin when it comes to the fandom. So you, you have that and own that and be proud of that. Don't don't doubt that and say he was just being nice. I know Matt and I know he meant that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm honored to hear you say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he was a, he was a really great guy. Yeah, I, I felt the same way when I became friends with you, Brian. Um, I remember telling Serenity, I think I'm friends with the guy who runs Al's place now. And she had no idea what I was talking about, of course. But I, I was pretty happy about it myself. Yeah. Uh, Matt was always our calming, calming influence. I think, uh, especially for season one of um, the revival series, um, it was almost like a friendly competition between us and your podcast, Sam. Uh, about like which guests we could get, and I, you know, and and like I would I would always message Matt like, why did he get this person, and why why couldn't we get this person? And he's like, we can only do so many interviews a week. I'm like, you're right, you're right. And he was always he's like, it's all for the book. It's well, all for right. the book. Well, that's that's the thing, right? Is it so funny because I remember there I was going through a phase a, a little over a year ago. It was probably Novemberish or whatever, and I was just sort of like, I don't know what to do. We're not getting any interviews. I don't know how to get these interviews. QLP has all these great interviews. Why won't they talk to us? And you know, they'll talk to them. And and I remember having this conversation with Matt, and I didn't say that part to him. But one of the things that I said is like, I don't want it to feel like a competition and I don't want it to feel like there's some sort of rivalry. And he's like, well, it's not. That's not what this is at all. And when I say I learned from Matt, like that's one of those examples I can give because him saying that to me, it, it did. It had that calming influence, like you're saying. And, and, it, and, it, and it just made me feel like, okay, okay. And then, of course, flash forward a month or two, and now Matt and I are talking about, like, it's so great that you've got the writers, we're getting the actors, keep getting the writers, this is great stuff for the book, this is, you know, and, and that became the ritual. The ritual was, is like, every time I get to, I would get done with an interview, I would send a message to Matt, and I would just be like, oh, I think I got something really good for the book. And, you know, and he would be so excited, and he would, I mean, even literally the last the last exchange that we had, he was talking about having listened to the Eliza Taylor interview that I had done and how excited he was because there was some great stuff in it and he couldn't wait to put that in the book. And, you know, it, it, it really, it felt really good to have somebody like Matt in your corner. And, and, and the, and the best thing about it was, is that it didn't feel like he was in your corner at the expense of somebody else. And that made you feel it made it impossible to feel like there was some sort of competition or there was some sort of rivalry or that, or that there was even a bad guy out there for you to fight. You know, that, 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 that that was not what it was about for him. It was about what can I do to support you while not doing it at the expense of somebody else. And that to me, I mean, that's the greatest gift another human being can give you because it is pure compassion it is not marred by any sense of like acrimony or i'll do this for you but not for them like you just got the sense that matt would do that for anybody Mm -hmm. yeah and it was beautiful he did that for me um 
you know, he told me to to use whatever I wanted from his books, you know, if I wanted to put <laughs> some stuff on. And I, you know, I went through my, my episode guide um, a year and a half ago and, and revamped it completely, organized it and everything. And uh, I went through his books and, and pulled a few things, but purposely left some things out so he could sell the books. Um, <laughs> because it's so incredible that everyone should own his books. And it's, I just, it's an integral know, guide. Yeah. But he, he was a sharing, sharing guy. And I've always been the same way with the website. You know, you take anything you want. I, you know, okay, it's, it's for the fandom. That's what it's for. It's it's fun for me to make it, and I've always kind of been in the background. And and to you know, a couple of years ago, if you told me I'd, I'd be on a podcast at all in video form, you know, I would have called you crazy. Um, but he, you know, he he inspired me to come back because for about ten years there was nothing going on, and you know, everything just sort of kind of almost died, except for you guys doing the podcast. And, um, you know, he, we talked and talked and talked and, uh, you know, he got me to go back and, um, inspired me to rework the website a little bit, make it more organized, make it prettier and user friendly and all that kind of thing. And, you know, it, we're, we're working on a, uh, a new forum system that's about to go on. Um, you, uh, you redesigned know. that with Morgan, didn't you? Yeah. Me and Morgan have been working on that and, uh, we're very close to being ready to go. So. Uh, I wish, I wish Matt could have seen it because it's well, going to be. It was so amazing too because I I can remember when you did the um uh, the Kickstarter GoFundMe whichever one it was I can't remember and uh and Matt immediately like had ideas you know or questions at least to be like Brian what are you going to do about this have you thought about this have you thought you know I remember him him asking some questions I just thought it was just like. I love that. I love that. Like, y- y- you know, he's got all this other stuff that he's working on, but not only is he celebrating your success here, but he's also kind of like trying to figure out like, what can I do to kind of even further lift you up? And I just thought yeah, that, that was so did. cool. <laughs> I think one of Matt's greatest um, attributes was that he wanted to see everyone succeed. And he was there whenever we needed him for any reason. And, you know, he would tell me that's a stupid idea or no, that wouldn't work. But what about this? What about that? You know? <laughs> and, uh, he, he, he kept us, um, on track and he was very supportive of everything that I wanted to do. And I think a lot of the success we had, you know, after, um, the new show came out was, a lot to do with Matt's hard work. I mean, I, I told him, I said, you know, you, you're working full time for us and, you know, for nothing and you don't need to do as much as you do. And I appreciate it, but, but he just loved it. He, you know, we have charts, graphs, uh, Google docs and all this yeah. stuff. And he kept track of every single thing. Like uh, right now I'm kind of lost. I'm like, you know, besides losing my friend, we also lost <laughs> the, the main the main gears and function of what we do. Yeah, it's funny because I I was always so preoccupied with work, and I would be like, okay, can I do this interview? Can I? And I would always forget when they were, or and I would try to scroll back like in the chats, and it's impossible because you know we'd send five thousand messages a day, and he would just say, Chris. Look at the Google Doc. Look at the calendar. I'm like, oh, yeah, you put that together, didn't you? And mm-hmm. it was just like an invaluable resource. And I have to say, everything that you guys are saying about him 
making you the focus and bolstering you up. Um, if I can get real a little bit, Allison, when you decided that the revival series wasn't for you and you stepped away, I think for the good of the podcast, I think like you decided that if, if I don't have something positive to say, let me, let me not drag things down or, or whatever. I was afraid. I was afraid because as I said, the three of us were like that, like that lightning striking, like it's not common. And for a while, for the episodes that in the remainder of the first season that you weren't participating, we tried to find a third for every episode because I was so insecure about the dynamic that we had being lost that I was like, well, we, we, we got to get a third. We, 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 it, this is just how we do it. And, um, after we had finished the remainder of the first season, I was talking to Matt about the second season and I was like, okay, who are we going to get for the third? How do we, how do we, and he said, Chris, do we need a third? It could just be you and me. Let's just give it a shot. And I was like, uh, but that's not how we do it. <laughs> but, and, and Matt was the first one to say this because um, I don't know if you know this about Allison and I, we have many opinions about many different things and we're not afraid to talk about them. <laughs> so a lot of the times it's just the Chris and Allison show with Matt chiming in, in the background. <laughs> and he was always very happy to do that. And I felt like, am I putting too much on you, Matt? Because I know, like, to this day, I think that, you know, Matt never listened back to himself on the podcast. <laughs> Even when he was researching for the book, I think he put, like, an AI on it to do, like, a transcription so that he, yeah. could, he could look at it, like, uh, in <laughs> he didn't text. Want to listen to himself. Right. Yeah. So he never knew what he sounded like on the show. And I assured him, you're great. But he always said, no, no, it's 40-40-20. It's Chris Allison, and then I <laughs> chime in. So when... When he when he decided to step up, I was actually a little bit worried for him that he would be too nervous or that it would just be like too much on him to take on, you know, just as being like a co-equal host. Let's just put it that way. Mm -hmm. But uh, he just brought it. He just brought mm -hmm. it. And it was we were fine. We were fine. It was like, it was like we were ourselves. We always miss Allison and we always invoked her name when we thought oh, Allison would love this. Oh, she would hate this. But, but you were always there, Allison. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you know, but, but it's like you said, uh, Sam, that he didn't think he could do it, but he had learned so much in the process of doing with, doing it with us over the last five years that he didn't realize that he could do it by himself if he needed to. He had yeah. just gotten to that point. And um, I know that that's an evolution. Like, put a mic in front of me, I'll hijack any conversation. That's just how I'm built. For Matt to be able to evolve into that, I think, says a lot about just his inquisitive nature and the way he absorbed, like, all the good stuff that was around him. Absolutely. He, he grew so much. Um, when we started doing podcasts together, we didn't know each other that well. None of us. Yeah. Like we all came from different parts of the fandom. We we're trying to get it to work. And he was quiet. And I worried like, oh, am I talking over you? You know, like, I don't want to like leave you out. Um, and he was worried because he hadn't done podcasts before. Like he'd, he'd written the book. You know, he'd not done a lot of perform performing like that. Um and he just grew and grew um, in confidence. And he, he always had such thoughtful things to say. 
he went from someone who didn't want to do interviews and like, uh, I haven't done individual interviews because I'm just not comfortable doing them. Um, and he, he was like, I'm, I just, I'm so nervous about it. I can't do it. Both of us were like that. We're like, Oh, Chris, I'll be, you know, maybe you guys can, can handle these. And then later he's, you know what? I think I got the confidence to handle it. I think I can do this. <laughs> and he jumps into one. And then, it, you know, it went to the point where he was organizing all of the interviews and he was like, Oh, I got this interview. I got this interview. Oh, I'm so excited to do it. He was such a good presenter. Um, I, I'm just so proud of like how much he grew and, and, I hope he knew how good he was. And it sounds like from what Sam said, you know, he said, like, I think I'm really good at this. And I'm glad that he realized that because he really, really grew. He did. He did. And the funny thing was, you know, when we first started, I was always like, I needed to control because I'm the control freak. And if we had an interview, I needed to be there because I have interviewing experience. I can do it. Cut to the point where Matt's like, we have this interview, this interview, this interview. Do you want to lead? And I'm like, no, you got it. I said, I'll show up. <laughs> you know, you, you just lead it. Now, if, if I have something to contribute, I will. But it's fine. You, you're doing fine. You know, and he he was like, yeah, OK, good. Got it. You know, so, yeah, I um, I was always the, yeah. the great filter. I think everything had to go through me before it went up or out just because uh, um, me and I was a creator and all this stuff. But it got to the point where I trusted Matt implicitly and uh, I had I hadn't watched the Trey Calloway interview until just last night. So and you can honestly see from the beginning of when he started it and. He did not want to do interviews, like you said. And if if he did, he just wanted to be there so he could meet the people. And maybe he had one question or he asked us to give him a question. Yeah. When this was a guy who was his his passion was answering questions about Quantum Leap and researching and finding this stuff out. So I think the timing of you guys becoming a duo for the QLP was perfect timing as he gained his confidence. And like that Trey Calloway interview was amazing. Uh, didn't oh, skip yeah. a beat. It was fantastic. And the and funny thing so is, yeah, yeah, he knew what to ask. Like I wouldn't have because I never saw the script. I didn't really know what what the deal was, and I would have maybe researched it mm -hmm. and tried <laughs> to do a good job. But Matt knew it backwards mm -hmm. and forwards. Like it was chapter mm -hmm. and verse. He was in died in the wool with this stuff. Mm -hmm. So there was mm -hmm. nobody else that could have done that interview. Maybe maybe Sam, but. You know, maybe Brian. <laughs> I'm pretty know. good, but not me. I know certainly not me. <laughs> but he, you know, the funny thing is, is he actually messaged me like right before he did the interview and he said that he was nervous. And it was so funny because I was just like, what do you have to be nervous about? And he's like, well, I'm getting ready to interview somebody that it's, you know, it's kind of a niche thing. So I don't know how many people would really be excited about it, but I'm really excited about it. And, and so I'm a little nervous about it. And I was like, who are you going to interview? And he's like, Trey Calloway. And I was like, Trey Calloway, I know that name. How do I know that? Oh, and I was just like, that's so cool. I was like, you're going to be great. Like, it's, it's going to be awesome. And it's so funny because I was, you know, uh, earlier uh, today, actually, I told Allison this because she messaged me shortly after. I was scrolling through some of our old messages and and just kind of, you know, reading through the conversations that we had had, especially more recently. And, and that was one of them um, because he was so excited about it. And, and, and again, he had grown so much that not only could he you know, handle an interview like that, but he could excel at it and create an environment where 
let's face it, Trey Calloway said things in that interview that he has never said anywhere at any time before, ever. Mm-hmm. You know, and part of that, sure, somebody could chalk up, which Matt would probably do himself, chalk mm-hmm. up to like, well, it's because nobody really ever asked him or nobody was really that interested in it or whatever. But the fact is, is it's like Matt got stuff out of Trey that no one else ever did or ever could. And when you're interviewing somebody, that's kind of always the goal is to try and get them to say something they've never said before, you know, or ask them a question they've never heard before mm. You know, make them feel comfortable, make them, you know, just build that rapport so that it's a conversation. It's not an interview, you know, and, yeah. and, mm. and Matt could do that. I bet he was stoked to do that interview yeah. <laughs> because no one had interviewed him about bold leap forward before. <laughs> and uh, if anyone's going to be excited about boldly forward and really want to know it's Matt, you know, so talk to like boldly forwards, biggest fan, please tell me everything, you know? Yeah. And actually I, Allison, I can tell Matt's uh, rubbed off a little bit on you using the word stoked. stoked. <laughs> that's, a very, that's a very British word there. Oh. <laughs> I'm real chuffed about Trey. it. Exactly. <laughs> I had messaged Trey a few years ago. And he, he, yeah. he wouldn't tell me a lot about it at all. And the script for A Bold Leap Forward has been hidden on Al's place since about six months after it got canceled. So Really? Um, really? So I was, I was, yeah. I was, it's in the script section, so you can look for it. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm, I messaged him, but he wouldn't say a whole lot. And uh, so I was really excited to watch his interview, and it was amazing. I mean, he did such a good yeah. job, and he's so personable, mm-hmm. and you can just see it in his face. And, and then just a few days later... To, to find this out, it was it was devastating, just to me and everybody. Well, I want to take a little break uh, for two reasons. One reason is we're here for to remember our friend Matt and to talk about the GoFundMe. There's a GoFundMe set up for final costs and you know living expenses, and of course, nothing can replace a dad and a partner, but uh, making it a little bit easier while they're dealing with the greatest loss they'll probably have in their lifetime is uh, what we can do as distant friends, as internet friends, as fans is go to his GoFundMe page and the link is below. The QR code is on the screen. And also I had asked the different communities to send in some uh, video tributes to Matt and uh, we got some. So I'd like to play that and uh, then we'll be right back and we'll have more to talk about, about Matt. A message from Quantum Leap star, Caitlin Bassett. Hey, Leapers. So today is not the best day. Uh, We say goodbye to our dear friend, Matt Dale. And I thought I could do this without choking up. And I am three seconds in and I cannot. So it's just going to be what it is. Um, Firstly, I want to say thank you. Thank you to Matt. Thank you to the Quantum Leap Podcast for embracing this new iteration of the show, and in particularly me. To come onto a show with this kind of established fandom is very overwhelming uh, and can be pretty scary. And Matt, in particular, made that all okay. He was just excited to talk to us and excited that we were doing it. And he made me feel really safe and really welcomed. And I'm so sorry that he does not get to see the rest of this journey. 
I know there's nothing I say that will ever make this better for his family or his friends. Um, but please know that he might have been a fan of Quantum Leap, but we were a big fan of Matt Dale. All of us, the entire cast, knew him, loved him, and appreciated what he did for the show and for this fandom. He kept the hope of Quantum Leap alive when there was no hope to be found. I am so sorry to his partner and his beautiful son, Zach, for this awful loss. But please know that you always have friends in us and we will forever be a fan of your Matt. I wish that we could have finished this journey together but we are going to do the absolute best that we can to make a quantum leap that Matt would be very proud of. I love you all. Thank you for going on this journey with us. Matt, we are going to miss you so much. But we will see you on the other side of that mirror image. A message from listener Adrian Salerno. I just wanted to jump on just to say my piece, to say goodbye to somebody that I first met Matt when I got wind of his book around 2016. It was after the Kickstarter. I ended up messaging him on Twitter, and I remember one night we were just talking all night just about the book and how he got information and it was probably the first real bit of information I'd received from from Quantum Leap in 20-odd years. And he was always, always generous with his time. It was always, always would answer questions or have time to help me find something online about Quantum Leap or whatever it might have been. Uh, he was a beautiful person. I'm going to echo a lot of things of what people have said here, but Ultimately, they were all, and they are all true. Matt was a very kind, very beautiful soul that we are all going to miss dearly, none more so than his beautiful family. His young son, Zach, and his partner, Sharon, uh, my heart goes out to you and the broader family on losing Matt so suddenly and so young. He will live on in our fandom, in our Quantum Leap community for a long, long time, and we will all make sure of that. His legend, Ed, everything to do with him and everything that he gave us through his books and through all the information that he would find will always live long and stay with us. I will be passing that down to my children, and I know everyone else will all hold those information that memories, the memories and everything of Matt's dearly to their hearts. We miss you. We've gone way too soon. And thank you for everything, Matt Dale. Thank you. A message from listener Jonathan Melville. Hi there. My name is Jonathan Melville, a long-term Quantum Leap podcast listener and fan of Matt Dale. Um, I love Matt's work on the podcast. I loved his writing. I bought the first edition of the 
uh, Observer's Guide. And we were, were we friends? I'm not sure. We were certainly acquaintances. I'd like to think I was a friend, but it was one of those friendships that we have these days online. Um, we emailed, we messaged on Facebook talking about New Quantum Leap and um, a bit about Highlander, which we were both fans of. And I was lucky enough to get to meet Matt in Swansea in September 2023. And it was a real highlight. It was at a Doctor Who convention. And it was a real highlight of that weekend, getting to sit down and collect my copy of um, the latest volume of The Observer's Guide, talk about um, the next, you know, his future work, his ideas. Um, and that was a really fun time. So it was a huge shock course to read this tragic news about his loss his passing this week uh, not quite sure what to say about that still, it's still quite raw uh, as someone who I, as I say I, I sort of knew um, it still hit really hard as it has done with everybody so what to take away from from, from all this, I don't know um, Matt was one of the most positive people in fandom, any fandom uh, and I think we all need to be a bit more positive, be a bit more Matt. Um, so yeah, let's love the things that we're fans of. Uh, let's embrace them, and um, let's continue to to read Matt's work for for many years to come. A message from QLP contributor Suzanne Smiley. When I found out about Matt, like everyone, I was gutted. The only thing I could think about at the time was his son because I have a son about the same age. I've known Matt for about eight years, and even though he lived half a world away in the UK, I always felt like our boys were growing up together online. And I can't imagine a little boy losing his daddy on Christmas. If only I had a time machine. Matt was funny and kind and humble, a lover of time travel and blue cheese, taken far too soon. And the outpouring of love and support from everyone online just shows how much he'll be greatly missed. Everyone has their own stories of Matt and how he had affected their life in some way, and here's just a few of mine. Matt once unfriended and blocked someone online for being snarky and mean to me. He was involved in many projects, and last June he, he shared a project update that he said he had planned to release the next day, but he, um, when he realized it was my birthday, he reprioritized. Uh, Matt was my, my virtual husband, uh, thanks to a short-lived audio drama that we both produced for the Quantum Leap podcast uh, back in uh, 2018 called Quantum Retrieval. Um, which a project which Matt was very, very proud of. Um, Matt once said to me, you're one of the really good ones. I'm glad we're friends, even though I'm rubbish at keeping in touch most of the time. I hope he knows that I felt the same way about him. Cheers, Matt. A message from listener Dermot Devlin. This is a video message that I never thought it helped to me, but, uh, Absolutely heartbroken at the death of our friend, Matt Dale, on Christmas Day. He has been an absolute ambassador 
for Quantum Leap through the card player, through the website, through the, the many books that he developed and currently are developing. Or, but my heart was out to his partner Sharon and his son Zach on the loss of a great friend, great partner, great father, and to the Quantum Leap community as well, including the close friends and family. I've only known that online for two years, but in that two years I got to know incredibly well in the sense of the kind of character he was, you know, with the support that he shows the Quantum Leap community. But to me as a friend, or he's reaching out when I had difficult moments, um, to support me in some of the work that I've been doing in the past. So, Matt, thank you for everything you've done, not just for Quantum Leap, but to everybody you touched. And I hope we'll see you again in the next, the next part. Gonna miss you, mate. A message from listener Dave Corman. Hey guys, this is Dave from Corn Productions. You know, I wish I had gotten a chance to know Matt better because he seemed like a really awesome person. But I never really got that chance. I mostly knew Matt from watching his content, his interviews, reading his book, and occasional comments on Facebook. He was a supporter of Corn Productions, me and Stacy. And he seemed like a, he was a really big fan of Quantum Leap. And he, his loss is a big one for that community and for his family. And I feel terrible for his family, especially happening when it happened. Uh, that's really, really sad. And 43 is really young, too young, in fact. But I would say that Matt had a bigger impact in those 43 years than a lot of people do living full lives. So my condolences to his family and uh, rest assured that Matt will be remembered by many for a long time to come. A message from listener Stacy Wilcox. Hey guys, Stacy here from Corman Productions Deep Dive TV podcast. Um, I didn't know Matt very well and I'm sad about that. We were really just getting to know each other. I've, of course, known of Matt for at least a few years now. Um, it was within the last year that I came to realize he knows who I am, which was very validating, of course. And um, I think the first time Matt sent me a private message was in regards to trivia. Um, myself and my co-host, Dave Foreman, and my husband had a trivia challenge based on the original series. And in that video, I had said... Um, you know, we want to organize a Zoom trivia for the Quantum Leap fandom for everybody to come play. And Matt messaged me. He was the first person to respond. And he was like, I'm in. I want to play trivia with you guys. And um, that was exciting. And, you know, we were planning to plan it and got pushed off and everybody got busy and it never happened. And that makes me so sad. And I know he really wanted to do it, too. He really meant it because no fewer than three times did he bring that up to me. Hey, when are we going to play trivia? And he was so humble about it, too. I remember him saying um, something along the lines of, I'm not going to do very well. I'm going to embarrass myself and not do very well because I don't have a very good memory. And I was like, Matt, come on. You, you literally wrote the book on the subject. So you're going to do just fine. You are the ringer in the game. And uh, it's crushing that we're never going to get to play that game. 
uh, Dave and I are, are fairly small fish in the podcaster game. And Matt always went out of his way to make us feel like we were part of the club. Um, we were trying to get screener access. He helped us navigate that application process and told us who we should talk to and what we should do next. And he was really happy for us when we finally did get screeners. Uh, he explained having screeners as being a very lonely club because it means you can only talk to this little group of people. There's only people in your world that you can talk to about these secrets that you hold, right? Until the episode airs. And I think he was excited to add me and Dave to that list of people that he could talk to about it. And um, he said, you know, it's, it's a lonely place to be, but it's also such a great group of people because we all speak the same language. And it's funny, I've heard a lot of people say that phrase when talking about Matt. And it's true. Matt spoke the same language as, as us, as me, as you, as all of the people who, you know, choose to spend their free time talking about a television show or watching other people talk about a television show. Um, we are our own breed, right? And the news couldn't have been any more unexpected. That's the last thing I ever, ever would have expected to hear is that Matt Dale of all people has left us and it still doesn't feel real. And it's crazy. And uh, I want to offer my condolences to his family and those people who are obviously much closer to him than I am. I know it's making me very sad. I cried a lot over the first 24 hours that I heard this news. And I know that, uh, Matt, your efforts are going to live on and you're going to be, always be remembered within this fandom. You can tell just the outpouring of love. So many people love you and you're going to be so missed. A message from QLP contributor Damon Sugamelli. Hey everyone, Damon here. So I'll, here I'll just share that for anyone who really isn't aware, I mean he, he's basically been a, a pillar in the fandom for many years now. And he wrote, he wrote the original edition of that book in 2016. Um, and, uh, you know, when he's been, when he redid all these books, I mean, he even had a foreword, um, by Deborah Pratt herself, who's the co-creator of the original show. And that's a huge deal. I mean, it's even on Instagram. Now you see all these, all these, these people and the actors in the current show and even Deborah Pratt all expressing their condolences. I mean, this is a big thing. Um, and then he became, uh, he took over as one of the co-hosts for the quantum leap podcast, which I had the honor of guesting on one of the episodes with him earlier this year. Um, and this was a few months after he did a segment for me for one of my video reviews. Um, um, so I, I, I've kind of done stuff with him twice already and I was looking forward to kind of trying to collaborate with him a little bit more in the future. Um, and I'm, I'm really, I'm really sad by this. Um, while I never got to meet him personally, um, I've had the privilege of getting to know him better over the past year or two through private messages, especially in discovering these podcasts and, um, helping him and me help, you know, and vice versa. Um, it, this is hitting me hard because as someone who suffers from social anxiety and is borderline on the spectrum with many obsessive compulsive tendencies that often make it difficult for me to feel like I belong or fit in anywhere. Matt was one of those few people I've met during my life. Um, outside of a few people, including Amada, my wife, um, that I felt a deep connection with, uh, his geeky and obsessive compulsive attention to detail 
rivaled my own. And when I discovered the world of podcasting a few years ago and, and I tried my hand at doing all the stuff and I, and I, and I, I wanted to try to get something out there for people to enjoy. Um, and as I said before, he was kind enough to be a guest for one of them. I in turn helped him. And then when I ran into some technical snags, um, I kind of reached out to him and asked for his help. Um, and he, he could have brushed me off and he said, he could have said, I don't really have the time. Um, but, but he didn't do that. He, he tried to find time and, and, um, he helped me out. You know, he, 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 he didn't have to do that, but he did because cause he, he thought I was doing a really good job with, with my content that I was putting out. Um, you know, I, I, and when I expressed my own frustrations and I'm wondering if anybody even cares or pays attention to what I'm doing with any of this, because, because there have been times where I wanted to give this up. I, I, I really did. It's been, especially the past few months have been so stressful with, with a lot of things, real life, and just wondering if, if I'm even making a dent, if I'm, if anybody's watching me or paying any attention to me and me feeling like I'm just like nothing I do is really going to be worth it. Who's going to pay attention to me? When I expressed my frustrations to him, he, he, he basically told me, he encouraged me to keep doing this because my voice and opinions are just as important as anyone else's. You know, it, it, and it made me feel good. You know, it's, it's, as I said, he's one of the few people who I've met who I really felt connected to. And like, I, we, I felt like I was part of his tribe, felt like we we're part of each other's tribe. You know, he's my people. I'm his people, you know? Uh, and, and despite that large five hour time difference between us, because he's on UK time. <laughs> um, and even though we haven't known each other for a very long time, I considered him a mentor and a friend and I'm really going to miss him. This is hitting me so hard. He was an inspiration to me, and he is going to sorely be missed. The fandom is not going to be the same without him. I feel for his family. He left behind a partner. He he left behind a son uh, who I think is not that many years older than mine. Um, I don't know exactly how old he is, but we, we, we've shared discussions even when not talking about quantum leap, we would talk about family stuff and making time for family and, and how you always make time for your family and, 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 you know, don't rush to get anything done. Just, you know, just, you try your best and, and, and just, and, and take your time with stuff. It doesn't have to be perfect the first time around and, and, you know, just that quality time with your family and, and, um, I'm going to miss him a hell of a lot. I, it, it still just doesn't seem real to me. <sighs> Rest in peace, Matt. Uh, I'll see you in the future. A message from QLP contributor Jesse Newman. I met family and, and closest friends and for all of us. Uh, I don't think anybody can really, really believe this just yet. I didn't actually get a chance to meet him in person. Um, 
Um, met him when I was just happy after the QLP back with Albion Heather. And he was like one of the names was always on the Patreon lists. And then I started doing like a creative project and he wanted to join. And yeah, I really, really enjoyed all that and learning something new. And it was such a joy to be around and communicate with. And after that, I knew I could always ask him for advice on anything I was doing and was able to help him on. I mean, give him advice sometimes. And was always a pleasant, positive, optimistic, you know, really uplifting exchange. And with one of those people who you just feel happy that they exist somewhere. Few good, genuine souls, and we need more of those in the world. A message from listener Craig Riedler. Hi, everyone. It's Craig Riedler, patron member of the Quantley Podcast and fan of Matt Dale. We lost an important person in the community recently, and that was Matt. And my heart goes out to his friends, his family, especially his partner, Sharon, and son, Zach. This is one of the more difficult times they're going to face in their life. And I just feel like hopefully in the future they can come back and look at this video or all of the work that he's done for this community and fandom at large. His legacy lives on with all the videos and all the podcasts that he recorded. So it feels like he will always be there with us in spirit. I know that uh, it won't be the same without him, but I think his presence will always be felt. And uh, just remember that uh, Matt Dell, you've done a lot of good. A message from listener Ben Mysick. Hello, fellow leapers. Uh, when I heard about Matt, I was shocked and very sad. I know that I haven't known Matt personally, but I am a long-time listener of the QLP, and his insight on Quantum Leap was always really good to hear. And it rocked me when I heard that he had died. My heart goes out to his family and to his son and to all of us that knew him personally or not. Matt, happy leaping wherever you are. A message from listener Charles Ball. Hello there. Like many others in the Quantum Leap community, I was shocked and sad to hear the news of Matt Dale's unexpected passing on Christmas Day. I first came across Matt when I was re-watching classic episodes of Quantum Leap on DVD a few years ago during COVID and I was holed up in the flat. So I was looking up online on like sources, online sources to the episodes and that, and I came across the Quantum Leap podcast that she did at one of those searches that she did and started listening to the podcast episode reviews of the episodes I'd just seen on the DVDs. Even though the program we recorded about a year before, I sort of saw that that actually did, and obviously it was good to listen to them and that. And then um, a few years later, obviously you had the revived series come along, and that she did. And I've been followed, followed the first season that she did, and the episodes for that, the podcast episodes for that she did, and um, which were good to listen to. And obviously, and then obviously on social media, I befriended Matt Dow, and I find out that he he lived just a ten minute drive from here which he did and also he also got mutual friends small world I it is 
but yeah, Matt, but yeah, Matt was very informative and in that he had a good sense of humor and that and he had many interests obviously as well as like Doctor Who and that outside Quantum Leap and um, he was always he always came across as friendly and warm and, and sadly although we were very close by I never met him but I know people knew him they said he was a wonderful friendly helpful person and that and he's someone that seems to have touched the whole Quantum Leap community whether fans cast or crew and even Deborah Pratt who contributed to his book and I actually purchased both his books just before He's passing it, is, but he is someone that's left a massive hole in the quantum leap movie, and he will be massively missed. Thank you, Matt's friends and family, particularly his wife Sharon and his little boy. A message from listener Max Blaska. Uh, my name is Max, and I don't know. I've never met Matt Dale, um, but I've listened to him week in and week out on the Quantum Leap podcast. And his love for the show and for fandom was contagious. I listened to him and Chris, and I loved his accent. Everything he said just sounded cooler coming from him. And I uh, belong to the Quantum Leap uh, podcast um, Facebook page. And a couple weeks ago, I sent a friend request, and he accepted and he liked a couple of my posts, and I liked a couple of his posts. And um, I am I'm trying to get more involved in fandom. I struggle with uh, severe social anxiety, uh, and so it's kind of hard to reach out. But I'm doing that, and it's kind of when someone passes, you don't just lose their gifts. You don't just lose their strengths. In the current, you also lose the future what might be. And I kind of wonder if we're getting more open and going into fandom, if maybe a, a friendship might have come out, out of that. But when I heard of his death, it was like a gut punch. And again, I've never met him. But he touched so many people listening to him and who read his book. I mean, I love uh, Beyond uh, the Mirror Image. I'm reading the Quantum Leap novels, and every time I finish a novel, I read what he wrote about it. So, Matt Deal, you'll be missed, uh, and uh, family know that he is loved. Thank you. A message from listener Chris Hughes. Just want to um, pay tribute to uh, Matt Dale, who we recently lost, and... Well, um, it's a lot to process. I didn't know you, um, but it felt like I did. And what you have achieved with the Quantum Meet podcast and fandom in general and and your work on your books uh, has inspired many of us. And thousands of people will miss you. And we love you, and um, what I can say hasn't already been said by others, but rest easy, my friend, and um, you will be missed by many people, and here's to Matt's family, the Quantum Week podcast family, 
and all the other fandoms you've championed over the years. We interacted a few times on Twitter and various other discussion forums. And Matt, here's to you, my friend. This is not goodbye. Just see you later. Chris from the UK. A message from QLP contributor Roger Colton. This is my video contribution to the Matt Dale Memorial. I never met Matt. Um, we shared the fandom through Quantum Leap. And one of the things I think it's important that I've learned through that fandom is that everything we do in life has a purpose. Sometimes we don't know what it is. Uh, sometimes others don't know what it is. But what we contribute to the people that we know and respect um, is worth it all. So I'd like to share a bit of Terry Pratchett's writing. I think is appropriate to this. It's called Life After Death. They believe that no one is finally dead until the ripples they cause in the world die away, until the clock he wound up winds down, until the wine she made has finished its ferment, until the crop they planted is harvested. The span of someone's life, they say, is only the core of their actual existence. Thanks, Matt. You made a difference. That's what counts. A message from QLP contributor Morgan Felden. Many people say they're going to write a book, but few actually do it. When Matt wrote his first book, nobody knew who he was. Few gave him the time of day. But when Matt announced his second edition, so many people from the community gave him rare, unearthed materials, interviews, and information. He was able to make his book the gold standard, the Bible of Quantum Leap. It was a joy to watch Matt evolve from just a Quantum Leap fan with an encyclopedia of a book under his arm to a cornerstone of the Quantum Leap community. He became a trusted resource and on a first-name basis with cast and crew of the old and new show. It was incredible to watch Matt's confidence grow as a writer, publisher, podcaster, and celebrity interviewer. People wanted to be interviewed by him because of his enthusiasm and his professionalism. You could tell that it was just fun for him. A personal story. When Rob and I were finalizing our replica handlink prop, I'd poked around the internet to see if there were any really clear sound effects, but there weren't. Um, I'd been talking to Matt. I'd send him a video or pictures of what we were working on, and he was really excited. He said, I want to be, get one of the first ones. So I asked if he wanted to be involved in tracking down the sound effects. And even though he was really busy, he jumped on it. Uh, he put together a spreadsheet. And we split up the seasons and we went through every episode and documented every time there was a handling sound effect and he found stuff I would have missed. So would the replica be as good as it is without him? I don't think so. I'm not much for cliches, but we never know how much time we have. I don't have to make up nice things or gloss over anything about Matt because there's nothing to gloss over. He didn't waste a moment on bitterness or complaining. He was a positive force, and he didn't waste the time that he had. And I'm the better for knowing him. Goodbye, Matt. A message from QLP contributor Dennis Freimeyer. Matt, wherever you are, I hope you know what a giant you were in this fan community. 
I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that the first edition of Beyond the Mirror Image revitalized this fan community in a way I don't think would have happened otherwise. And inspired me and Sam to start Fates Wide Wheel. And inspired the Quantum Leap podcast to come out of hiatus and have you join them as a co-host. I cannot tell you how many times me and Sam kicked ourselves for not asking you to join us when we had the chance. But as far as what you mean to me personally, I didn't ever take the chance to tell you what it meant to me to have your support when I started venturing beyond Fates Wide Wheel and started putting out content of my own. Every time you shared or commented or even liked one of my videos, it was validating in the sense that I felt like if what I said resonated with you, it would probably resonate with the people that I'm trying to reach. But the reason for the outpouring of this love and support the last few days is not because you wrote some reference books or co-hosted a podcast. It was simply who you were as a person. You embody the ideals of quantum leap. Kindness, empathy, optimism, humility. Every podcast episode, every group message, every online discussion that you were a part of was better for you being at it. To take a line from your image, the lives you touched, touched others. And those lives, others. You did a lot of good, Matt Dale. And we're going to miss the hell out of you. A message from listener Seamus Kelly. In the episode of the Quantum Leap podcast, Matt talked about how this was one of his favorite locations to visit, which was from a season five episode where Al drove his car into a future city. And he said that visiting here felt like magic. And that's the reason why I came here today, because Matt was a magical person. Everything that he put out into the world, uh, including this, was amazing. But more importantly than that, he was just an amazing soul. We had a few great back and forths, and he just spread such a positive positive wonderfulness out into the world and everything he did was just so positive and just came from a deep place of love and i just wanted to express that today and just say you will be missed matt thank you so much for everything a message from qlp contributor sam fain it has been a rough a rough couple of days uh as as you well know and i just wanted to start off by kind of sharing a little bit of our exchange because I emailed you yesterday uh, to say that I wasn't really sure, you know, if if we should do this. Um, I, I thought that it might be comforting. But uh, I know that you, of course, uh, had spoken to Matt and Matt had, had talked to you uh, a number of times. And um, I wanted to be sensitive to that. And I, and I just wanted to try to do the right thing. And I thought it was so lovely because I, again, was kind of struggling with what to do and, 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 you know, the shock of it all. And you responded uh, by saying that you'd seen the news and that it was obviously very, you know, sad and shocking. And if I can quote your email here, he said, you said he was so lovely and he did interview me every time. I will follow your lead on this, but maybe it will be nice to dedicate an episode to him. And I think he would want us to continue to talk about something he loved very much. And I was, I was incredibly moved by that. And I felt like you were absolutely right. And I just wanted to thank you for that. And I would, I would love for you to talk just a little bit about um, your experience with Matt and, and kind of what you might've said a little bit off mic before we started recording about doing something like this in someone's memory and what that can mean. A message from Quantum Leap star, Georgina Riley. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, I was very, as you said, I was very sad and shocked when I saw um, the post on Instagram. And I also was, as you know, from the email you just read, I was torn on, on what would be the right thing to do. And as we were talking before, obviously, this is my way of paying my respects to Matt, who brought so much joy through his love and his passion for not just Quantum Leap, many shows, but obviously Quantum Leap is the his main his main thing that he loved so much. And I I feel that if it were me, I would want someone to continue the things that I love on in my memory. And so I yeah, I feel like today is doing something that Matt would really enjoy and listen to and watch. And that's my thank you to him for how much joy and interest he's brought to so many people's lives through his podcast and through his art and his writing and his, his viewpoint of the show. And he gave me a lot of things that I didn't even think about. And I, you know, (laughs) and um, yeah, so I think it's definitely a celebration of, of a wonderful, wonderful person who I'm, I'm so grateful to have met. And like I said to you before, there's so many, I get to meet so many people throughout this job because it's always changing. And, you know, Matt has a special place in my heart because when I spoke to him, I just, I just enjoyed it so much. He, he's wonderful. And I hope, I know he'll have a great next adventure wherever he's going, you know? And we're back. And uh, those uh, videos are very touching. Uh, Matt touched a lot of people. I started watching them before recording here and I had to stop because it was too much. Uh, Everybody loved Matt. And uh, I think uh, we have some other things to talk about. But Chris, I would just want to just so it's for the record and, you know, it's the man's life and our friend's life. can you walk us through the timeline, uh, like when you first found out, and maybe we'll go through how we found out, what we felt, what we're feeling, and how we're dealing. I know it's going to be yeah. difficult, but I think it's important. Yeah, I know. I, I, I can do that. Um, I'm actually happy to do that because I almost feel, and this is petty, and this is almost like what Sam, what you were saying, There, there's no competition here, but mm-hmm. Allison had already said that uh, we three were supposed to just chat on the Saturday before Christmas. And I felt really bad because that morning um, I was all set to do it. And I hadn't spoken to Allison in so long. And I, I was so happy for us to be talking together again. And then I got a text from my sister-in-law saying, um, Hey, we have to clean out, uh, mommy's apartment. So just a little bit of backstory here. A week before we lost Matt, my wife lost her mother. And we've been going through that here in in my house. And it turns out they had to clear out her assisted living unit before the end of the month. Otherwise, they would have been charged, blah, blah, blah. But I didn't know any of this until literally about an hour and a half before uh, Allison, Matt, and I were supposed to get together for our chat. So I texted them with like such profound regret saying, I'm so sorry. I just can't, I can't not go, but I just found out about it and I don't want to stiff you guys. And Allison responded to me and Matt didn't. And 
to me that, you know, it put a little thing in my head. Matt's always the first one to say, Hey, it's fine. Don't worry. And yeah. then the very next morning, um, I woke up and there was a, I guess because of the time difference, there was a message from Sharon. Sharon is Matt's partner, was Matt's partner. Um, we know a lot about Sharon, but I had never spoken to her at all before this. And she said, I just want you to know that I know you and Allison and Matt were supposed to talk yesterday, but in case you're wondering why he didn't show. And then she told me about the seizure and the apparent heart attack and everything that had happened. And I was just like, what? And I immediately, of course, told Albie and Allison because, you know, how can I not? But I told Sharon that we would sit on any news of anything that's going on until I got the okay from her because it's her family and it's her business. And while we love Matt and we talk to him once a week for the last five years, it can't compare. So I will follow your lead on this. And she said, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, we spoke a couple of times between then, but it wasn't until I think Monday night or maybe even Tuesday, um, she said to me that she wanted to first post. Well, the first thing she said to me was that she wanted to talk to Matt's mom to make sure his mom was okay and that she knew everything that was going on and that anything that she saw online wouldn't blindside her. And that I get completely. And then she posted on Matt's personal things saying that it happened. And that's when all of you guys, that's when all like your phone started blowing up and you got, and people saying what, what, what. And then I felt like, all right, I should have expected this, but I feel bad because we didn't say anything first, but I was also in direct contact with basically his widow waiting for her to give me the okay. And I was not going to break that trust. Like to me, that's sacrosanct. So until she told me, okay, I put it out on his, on his feed. That's when I started posting on all of our stuff. And by that point, most everybody who knew Matt or were really big in the fan community, they already knew it was just us confirming it, but I cannot tell you how many people, when I did post it on our socials came forward, like, like flabbergasted, incredulous, devastated. And that includes the entire cast and crew of quantum leap. Yeah. Like, I think the only people that knew about it before we made it public was maybe, maybe Dean. Drew and uh, Deborah knew as well. Yeah. Cause right. I, I had, I had reached out to Drew and Deborah because yeah. I, I just, and I, and I reached out to Dean too, but he already knew. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I told Dean and Deborah when, when we found out, me and Allison found out and I said, it's not public yet, but I wanted you guys to know. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it was just like, that was the journalist in me coming out because I realize what it is to announce somebody's death, even casually in a news story. If their family doesn't know, and you're the first person to let them know that that happened, that's not cool. So there, we have very strict rules about that. And those are ingrained in me from, you know, a 25, 30 year career in the field. So there was no way I was going to say anything until I heard back from Sharon. And, um, 
what I was really happy about was by the time I was announcing everything, Sharon's brother and uh, Zach's uncle had decided to put the GoFundMe up. So it actually gave me some time to reflect and say, how can we best present this message to the masses? And right as I was doing it, the GoFundMe went live and it was almost like a perfect synchronicity because we were able to reach so many people with that first thought and, and sort of that, that, that first, Oh my goodness, what happened? How could this happen? But here's how you can help. And before that I had been texting back and forth with Sharon because I don't know how many people know this. I don't know how, how public Matt was about it, but he had a seizure disorder his whole life. Mm -hmm. And there were times when he would have an episode and they were so few and far between that it never affected our podcasting, our friendship. He would just tell us about it occasionally. And he would say, Oh, I had an episode. It was like the first time in years that I've had one. And it would always, it was always for him. It was like stress induced. Um, so I was going to put, uh, a link to, um, it was epilepsy action UK and, uh, I had that all set to go. And then, um, Sharon's brother put up the GoFundMe and I switched all that out because as much as I want everybody to support epilepsy action UK, I want them to support Sharon and Zach more because they're the ones going through it. So if, if there's any lesson here, support Sharon and Zach through the GoFundMe, but then go to Epilepsy Action UK and support that as well, because it's something that Matt believed in and it's something that he participated in. In a true Matt fashion, uh, he met that goal yeah. <laughs> GoFundMe immediately. Yeah. And now they were asking for 4,000 pounds in support of Sharon and Zach. And now it's up to 15,000 pounds last I saw. Yeah. Um, and, and it's barely been up. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm relieved that Sharon and Zach are going to have something to help relieve the pain they're going through. Um, and thank you to everyone who's donated. Yeah, yeah. there, there was quite a few, very large donations that were anonymous. And I think we all could guess who that is. And we really appreciate those people. And it may seem like a lot and it, it, it is a lot, but when you're dealing with final expenses and a continuing life without a father or partner, it's, it's not really. So anything you can do, if you can do something, you know, everything adds up. I mean, there were a lot of large donations, but also, smaller donations that add up to a lot more than the large donations. So every little bit helps. So yeah, for Zach. No, I mean, for every, for every thousand pounds that were pledged, mm -hmm. you know, there's 10, 20, 50, hundred pound mm -hmm. donations that brought this thing over the top. <laughs> yeah. You know? So there's not, there's no such thing as too little. Right. And, you know, one of the things that, that I had done and, and that I would recommend is that obviously with the Kickstarter for volume three beyond the mirror image still mm -hmm. being active um, and the family has asked that you cancel those pledges. And I just think it would be really wonderful if you're in the position to do this, if you cancel your pledge to redirect that towards the GoFundMe. Um, because, you know, like you're saying, Chris, there's no, you know, there's no donation too small. And, and, and you know, the, the 60 bucks or, or whatever you might have pledged would add up. You know, yeah. certainly considering how much the, the the Kickstarter had raised as well. We was speaking about smashing goals and, you know, exceeding expectations. So, um, 
I just think that that would be a really cool way to to honor him by taking that money from that Kickstarter and putting it towards the GoFundMe. Yeah, it, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, and it's great. funny you say that because since um, since Matt's passing, I've had people reach out to me saying that I wanted to go support the QLP on Patreon. Um, mm. Um, since we've gone on hiatus because we, we're just so devastated. We don't know what we're going to do. Um, I, I decided to suspend all Patreon donations and membership and everything until we figure out how we're going to move forward. Um, I would encourage anybody who wants to support the show to go to the GoFundMe instead. And even if it's five bucks, it's still five bucks that they didn't have. It's it all adds up. It doesn't. Yeah, there's no there's no wrong amount. So yeah, um, we'll we'll be okay as a podcast. You don't need to support us. Go support Match sure. Family. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, I I think that was like you said, Allison. That was it, it, it's it's rough. I'm in a lot of group chats for different Quantum Leap fandoms different combinations for different shows and stuff and i think one of the moments of levity that we were celebrating matt in all this crying and sorrow is when he surpassed his goal the for the gofundme almost immediately 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 and it was like that's so matt dale that's so matt dale (laughs) it's from so many people from from so many different places Mm -hmm. um because like he was so loved in the quantum leap community. He was so loved in the doctor who community. He had so many close friends and family that weren't in fandom circles, you know, and like, it's just so many people coming together um, because of Matt. And, uh, and I was reading all the messages that they left and they were just all really lovely. Yeah. Uh, When you had first told me and Allison, Chris, um, I just thought it was another one of his uh, seizures and he'll be okay. And, you know, it was pretty dire what you said, but of course I'm not, you know, medically qualified to understand things. And I don't live with a nurse. So I was, I was just hoping for the best. And I was like, okay, he's going to be okay. I texted him. I said, you know, I love you. You sent hearts. Of course those went on red because I didn't understand how bad it was. And yeah to wake up to the message that we lost our friend Christmas morning, it was just devastating. And I was in a state of shock. And I think the fact that we weren't supposed to say anything to anyone. And I, I really didn't, uh, it made it easier for me to be in denial that day. So, you know, I have a daughter and we did Christmas morning and she was concerned about Matt, but I'd let her know he's probably going to be okay. It's Matt, you know? And then about, maybe 6 p.m. that evening after she'd opened all her presents and played with all her toys, she looked at me and she said, did you find out anything about Matt? And I just walked up to her and I, you know, in my head, I had this thing where I was just going to say, you know, it's okay because everybody loved him and, it's going to be okay, but I just couldn't talk. And I looked at her and I started crying and she started crying. She loved Matt. She, she absolutely loved Matt. Uh, she was so excited to show him her doctor who necklace she got for Christmas and she never got a chance to. And we just sat there and we cried for, I don't know how long, but it was difficult. And, um, but then we decided to watch 
the new Doctor Who episode in honor of him. And we were talking about that Matt really loves really loves the Spice Girls. He he collected every Spice Girls single out there, you know, and if I saw one in the wild, I would ask him, do you need this one or whatever? So we were talking about how fortunate it was that Matt was around to see Neil Patrick Harris dance to the Spice Girls in Doctor Who. Like, it, it couldn't be any better than that, you know? So... I just, uh, you know, it's funny to bring up Doctor Who because, again, that's one of the ways that he and I really connected. And uh, sometimes it's the little things. And I remember having a moment on Tuesday where I was just so pissed off that he didn't get to see the Christmas special because we had talked about Shooty Gatwa's performance in The Giggle and about how we were just so excited to see what he did as the doctor. And, uh, and I felt so lonely <laughs> watching the episode. Usually Jess watches them with me, but she was super exhausted. And so she went to bed and I watched it by myself that night. And the next day when I found out that he had died, I just felt this, I don't know. I just, um, everything just feels so unfair and, uh, it has changed so much. I think about the way that so many people, especially the people here will be able to experience this show, you know, quantum leap going forward. And you look at the people in the doctor who community that he was so close to. And I think that it's the same thing there. And, uh, it's just such a hole. I mean, you're never ready. You're never ready. The, the funny thing is when, when Albie alluded to the fact that he didn't live with a nurse, um, my wife is a nurse. And I told her everything that was going on. And I said, just give it to me straight. What do you think? And she basically said, I'm sorry. So I had, in my mind, said goodbye to Matt on Christmas Eve. Um, but even with that, quote, preparedness, when Sharon texted me, uh, I woke up to the text on Christmas morning. It still hit me like a bus. Like, even though I thought I had already said goodbye, I hadn't even begun to start mourning. So, and, and the funny thing was, like, my first thought was, oh, I'm sorry that he didn't get to see the, the final five of QL. And then I chastised myself for saying, why are you thinking of such petty bullshit in the face of the loss that his family is feeling and how dare you. And then I thought, but, but this is how, this is how we're friends. This is how we relate. This is, of course, I'm going to think of that because it's Matt. So I realized at that moment, there's no wrong way to do this. There's no thing that's too beneath the, the, the gravity of the situation to call up. I mean, it's all part and parcel of why we love him and why we're friends with him and everything that made Matt, Matt and everything that made him special to us. I, I, I look at Brian. It's funny. I was cleaning out my library about six months ago and I came across my bag for the leap back. Oh nine. 
it was a computer bag that you guys gave out to the guests and I hadn't seen it in 20 years. And I immediately took a picture of it and I said, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. I'll never use it. It'll sit in the closet for the next 20 years. Do you want it? And match like, yes, all caps. And one of my favorite pictures ever, I put it on, on our Instagram is him getting that bag and he's holding it up and he's smiling over it. And like, I'm so happy that he got to enjoy it at least for that brief time that I rediscovered it and sent it to him. And that's what I mean. Like there's nothing that's too small or too banal. Um, it's all valid. Everything you feel in every way is valid because it's how you knew him. It's how, it's how we connected. It's what made us a family. It's what made us love each other. So there's no wrong way to go about this. And that's something it's I have a, to teach myself because I feel like you have to respect it in a certain way. It's all respect. Every bit of it is respect. So it's, it's all pieces of yeah. that. And um, it, when you sent that message uh, to us on Christmas Eve, you know, I was, I was just stunned. And, um, you know, you said that it did, didn't look good. And I knew that. You know, doctors don't say, you know, it doesn't look good. They don't say that unless they mean it. Right. And, uh, you know, so I was preparing myself and you said we probably should. Um, but, you know, I was still. I know he wasn't a religious person, but I prayed for him. You know, I was hoping for a, some sort of miracle, I guess. <laughs> Um, you know, this was a, it was a strange Christmas for me. Um, this, I just moved to Canada to be with my husband and with his family. And uh, I haven't spent uh, Christmas with anyone in years. Cause I just, I don't, I don't like to travel around the holidays. You know, there's always one reason or another. Um, so this is my first time really spending it with them. And uh, so I was trying to keep myself together because um, really special Christmas for me. And uh, but I knew I had to keep checking those messages because I knew I was going to get a message. Um, and I thought, you know, I was doing okay. And you know, when you told us he was gone. It was really hard. Um, I was really grateful to be with people on Christmas, to be with my family. And uh, so it was a, it was a great day and it was an awful day. Um, but I was, uh, I was thankful to you for telling us and to talking to Sharon and, I know how hard it was for you, Chris. Um, I, I was just glad that we were all together. You know, even if we're apart, we're together. Yeah. And, uh, I think that's the good that's come out of this. Uh, and it really has changed how I've thought about a lot of things. Um, yeah. Um, I decided um, the last couple days 
to watch new Quantum Leap again. <laughs> <laughs> and I know people who listen know how uh, how big a deal that is. And, yeah. uh, you know, I just decided I didn't want to be angry about things that didn't matter anymore. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to finish it for Matt. And I wanted to see the episode that they want to dedicate to him. Um, you know, and I watched it and I felt myself um, enjoying things about it. I was laughing at things. Um, you know, I felt myself touched by things that were there. And um, when I was watching it, I was thinking about the, the wonderful people making the show that, have had nothing but kind and incredible things to say about Matt. Mm-hmm. And um, it just really touches me like how, how kind they've been and, and how much I know that it would mean to him to, to hear all these messages, to see all these messages, to know how much he affected people. Yeah. It's, it's remarkable. And um, I had to put out um, the goodbye and the announcements on the main feed just this week. And um, if any of you have heard it, you can hear me breaking up. And that was the one take that I could use. I couldn't get through it. Uh, that was the first take. And I thought, okay, I'm going to read it again and it'll be better. And I'll, I'll be, I'll be professional broadcaster, Chris, and I'll just announce. And I couldn't get through it a second, third, fourth time. So that first take was the one I used and where I started breaking up the most was when I was relating to everybody the tremendous outpouring of support, not only from the fan community, but the the cast and crew of Quantum Leap. I, I said this earlier in, in, in the show, but the amount of people that he touched uh, through what he did it so far exceeds anything that I could ever have hoped to achieve as a fan. I feel like I'm back in the fandom mainly because of Albie and Matt and Allison. And um, Matt is the one that in the last year, year and a half has been the glue holding all of this stuff together. And, you know, like like I said before, I thought I was prepared, and then I wasn't. I wrote the tribute, and I cried as I was writing it. And then I said, okay, I'm going to get on mic, and I'm going to do it, and I'm going to be fine. And I wasn't prepared at all. And the more I tried to do it, the the more I tried to be, you know, stoic, stiff off her lip, the worse I got. So I... I, it, it's a process. I get it. It's, it's so hard. Every time you think you're over it or at least come to some kind of, of, of terms with it, it hits you anew. Again, I said today, I, I was in bed until noon because I just could not, I could not muster up the energy to face anything. And the only people I spoke to in that entire time was my wife. Albie and Allison, because they were the three people who knew what I was going through. And that's not to slight anybody here on this panel. I just, you know, we, we, uh, this is not something I do. I have never stayed in bed till noon, but I could not get it together. I could not. And it's a week after, not quite, but you know, this happened on Monday. It's Friday. I should be back to work. I should be handling it. It was worse today than ever. You never know how it's going to affect you. 
So everybody out there, just please grieve and heal. We loved him so much and it will always, it will always just, just sweep the rug out from under you because I can't believe he's gone. I just can't believe he's gone. Like I think of things that I want to say to him, how unutterably strange it is for us to have a group chat and it's just Albie and Allison on my little pictograph there. And there's no Matt. Like what? Like, huh? It, the littlest, the littlest things, the smallest things. It's just crazy. But you never know how it's going to affect you. I was, so, I was, yeah. I, I was telling Sam, <laughs> I was in the shower. I was trying to, trying to put this show together for Matt. And it was, it's part of the way I'm dealing with it is keeping myself busy and trying to organize this because Matt, it's important for Matt and Matt's family and us and the community. And I was trying to put together the show and I was thinking what would be good. And part of, part of my thought was, Oh, like a video montage package of Matt. Right. And, and I was like, Oh, I'll hand that off to Matt. His editing's so great. He'll pick the bet. And I just lost it. <laughs> and I, I was like, I couldn't believe my two parts of my brain weren't communicating that we had lost him. And I just immediately thought he would do great at putting this package together. And I just cried. I cried and broke down and bawled. And it's, it's, it's weird the, the, how your brain just tries to cope with something like this. Uh, that's another thing I realized. I used to be very down on myself because in real life I have very few friends, but online I have, these friends that are so close to me that I consider family, but I always felt that, you know, I'm less than because my friends live elsewhere and we can't go out and hang out and go Christmas shopping or go to the bar. And uh, I can't enjoy that beautiful food Christopher makes and sends us pictures of in that group chat. <laughs> but I realized today that these friendships are real, not today, but this week that these friendships are real and, it's a loss. I feel like we knew Matt. I feel like he shared himself yeah. with us. And I feel like it, I lost a really good friend. Losing an online friend is very difficult. I don't, I don't think people realize that a lot of times. You know, you tell somebody you lost a friend. It's happened a couple of times to me. Um, you lost a friend online. And, and they don't really get it. Uh, but like what you said just now, uh, they are friends. They are family. You know them. Yeah. Um, and and to have somebody just disappear offline is is disheartening and devastating because you, you can't do anything. You can't. You know, a lot of times you can't go see him. You can't uh, be at the funeral. You know, you can't grieve with the family like you can in real life. And that's a lot of times it's almost worse. And with this, um, it is devastating. It's hard to put into words. Is there any word about the funeral? Um, when it is, I or are they going to do a live stream or anything? No. No, I haven't heard anything about that. I, just so, so everybody knows, I've been in um, sort of constant contact with Kevin West, who was Matt's good friend and his collaborator on the original BTMI. I don't know how much he and Kevin were collaborating on the on the new additions, but I mean he's one of Matt's like fastest friends. Yeah. And um I've been talking to him about 
various things since, and he hasn't said anything about a funeral. If it is, I don't think it'll be public. I think it'll just be with the fam and we can, we can remember him in our own way. And to what you guys are all saying about having friends online versus IRL as the residents old, like to me, that was always like a very big distinction because I have friends IRL that I grew up with, that I went to school with. I know them still. They have children. I know their children. And I always made, I don't know why, it was like a bifurcation in my head of these are my online friends and these are my real life friends. Um, and I never thought that anybody was less than anybody else, but there was just always some distinction. And since Matt has passed, I realized there is no difference whatsoever. And I realized that, especially tonight, Albie, you know, if anybody knows me, you know, my wife works on Fridays. I usually work till about six, seven o'clock on Fridays. I go to this neighborhood bar where everybody knows me. Um, and when I say every, I mean the staff and I'll sit and I'll have dinner. But usually what I'm doing is I'm on my phone. I aming with Albie or I aming with Matt or I aming with other people online because I'm the guy at the bar that's sitting alone. <laughs> and it's just, and I was just doing that about three hours ago with Albie. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, there is no difference. Like mm-hmm. if he were sitting next to me, it's the exact same interaction that we would have. The only thing I miss is the fact that he's not sitting next to me, you know? So it's just there. Uh, again, it's it's another learning experience of you don't need to have separate halves. Like everything is part of 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 your. I don't know. I don't know. Just don't be like me. Don't be that fifty something that says, "Well, in my day, we went to school with friends, and the internet's this newfangled thing." And here I am talking to people from around the world as dear friends for the last several years who I never would have known otherwise. It's just Mm -hmm. an amazing experience. The one thing I regret is that I've always wanted to go to the UK and I couldn't wait to finally get there and have a pint with my friend, Matt. Mm -hmm. I was looking so forward to that because he would have showed me all the best places. (laughs) 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 And I'm just like, ah, I feel like the the weirdest thing of everybody in this chat, the only person I've ever met in real life were there two, Albie and Brian. Yeah. yeah. And Brian, I met Brian first because he invited me to the Leap Back convention. So yeah. it's like we met, we met in the hall and I, was, I, I thanked him and, you know, and Albie because we went to Dallas. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I know all of you like, like better friends than my, IRL friends because we speak more, we interact more, we just do more things mm-hmm. because we're all of a community that 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 speaks to the stuff that we love. And again, mm-hmm. Matt so epitomized that for Quantum Leap that mm-hmm. that's why we're getting the outpouring that we're getting. The the funny thing is, it's like I feel like the entire cast and crew of the new show knew Matt now be better <laughs> than than me. At all turns, even though I was, quote, the main host, like I I led things, 
Matt ran everything. <laughs> Matt was in touch with everybody. And they're just, you know, and it's just like Chris who? And I'm like, yeah, Chris who? Of course, because I'm not doing shit. It's all Matt. He was the entire, he was the, he was the gears of the operation. So of Matt course, throw it out all <laughs> casual. He'd be like, just, just talking to Deborah the other day. Yeah. <laughs> Chat him, you know, just casually. Well, he met Deborah in person, like- didn't he? <laughs> Twice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Twice, right? Yeah. You know, it's interesting too, Chris, because you talked about like what he did and and how that that brought everybody together. And I would just add to that, it was also how he did it, you know? Mm -hmm. And and, and it was that way that he connected with people and was so gracious with people and would then connect other people, you know, together. And and, and even now that he's passed he's doing that as well because you mm. mentioned kevin west i've been talking to kevin west all day too mm. you know yeah. I, I i've talked to I, I i i talked to sharon i mean she sent me a message which i was just i was blown away by you know i, I and 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 to have talked with some of these people and engaged with them and it's so funny because one of the things kevin and i talked about was actually the millennium effect website the doctor who website that they ran because i can remember visiting that site when i was like 20 years old Mm -hmm. and you know i won't say how long ago that was but um (laughs) it was you know it was it was just so wild to me that you know i had i had kind of known some of matt's work 20 years before i was gonna ever meet him and Mm -hmm. and 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 now to be talking to kevin and, and 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 kind of sharing some of these stories and talking about things that you know the conversation that we ended up having started with matt but it went so many other places and it's just sort of like Matt did this. Matt brought these two people together who are having this conversation now about theater and, 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 and life. And, you know, and, and, and it was just, that all happened in the span of 24 hours. And, you know, I'm just saying, again, I continue to be so grateful to, to Matt for that. And, and, and speaking to, you know, the stuff about the cast and the crew, like, I always hesitate to say some of this stuff because, you know, one, I, I never want it to come off as braggy and two, I never want to violate anyone's privacy, but it's, be, it's been out there. So I don't feel like I'm doing that, but like I, I I've spoken with Dean and Drew and Deborah and Caitlin and Nanrissa and Raymond and universally the sadness and shock and devastation and heartbreak that they have all felt over this and shared with this community is, is, is a testament not only to who they are, but again, it's a testament to who Matt was. And, you know, the, the, the overwhelming feeling of like heartbreak exists in me because I, you know, I just, it keeps coming back thinking about Zach and thinking about Sharon and thinking about these people that are left without him and, and shouldn't be. And, and yet there are also all of these people that are putting on these displays of great affection and, and being so generous um, and open about it, which I think is also very beautiful. You know, it, 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 even what you were saying, Chris, about just, you know, feeling what you're feeling, that it's all valid, that it's all okay. And seeing so many people just, 
just letting that out and not being afraid to, to, to say, I love you, not being afraid to say, you know, it, it, again, it's a testament to who Matt was, that mm. there is this vulnerability that's occurring within the community about all of this grief. And you're seeing it from people who, you know, worked on the show, people who bought Matt's book, people that knew Matt very, very well. And, 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 and it's just, Sam, if you if you had told me that I was going to get on mic and pretty much cry my way through an announcement and release it to the public, I would have said you were crazy. <laughs> I would have said that I would uh, no, no, no. I am I'm a broadcaster. I will do this like Edward R. Murrow. I will guess what? You know, never say never mm-hmm. because Matt deserves no less. And th- the fact that I could get one clean take out of it or sort of clean take out of it was a blessing. So there's no, again, there's a, y- <clears throat> the outpouring is real because he was just such an amazing person and he brought all of us together in so many ways. I am firmly convinced that we would not have the relationship with, anybody on the screen or anybody involved with the new show without Matt, because Mm -hmm. he was, he was the impetus for all of that. Yeah. And, and, and that's why they say it. That's why I say, like, I'm, I'm not being facetious when I say, if they said Chris, who I, I know they wouldn't know because I, I don't have their, I'm busy. I'm working. I don't know. I I can't, I can't, I am. I, I, (laughs) Matt held all of this together. He was the belly. He was the spit and polish. He was, he was the bubble gum. He was the MacGyver of all of this stuff. So I hope that we can just honor that going forward and and keep it going. (sighs) I agree. And when he asked me to write one of the interstitials for, for volume three beyond the mirror image, uh, you know, I was wrestling with what to write and, 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 and it changed a lot over the past few months. And I finally had sat down and I'd actually written something and the first line and I'm, and I'm, I was so confident that he would probably make me change it that I actually I, I wrote in parentheses what I figured he'd want me to change it to because what I wrote is without Matt Dale, there would not be a fate's wide wheel. Mm-hmm. And then in parentheses next to that, I wrote without beyond the mirror image, there would not be a fate's wide wheel <laughs> because I didn't think he'd want to take like the personal, you know, responsibility perhaps for that podcast. But <laughs> I, I just, you know, it's true without, without his work, without him, it wouldn't exist. And, and, And I just feel like there's a lot of that going around right now. Without Matt, there wouldn't be this. It's it's what people have been saying. Uh, His life touched so many, and those lives touched others. And he's he's an example of that. Sounds sounds familiar. It does. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I like to think that he's interviewing Dean Stockwell for us as we speak. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they're the only two people to get dedications on the show too. So they're on. I I don't know if I don't know if our Riverside plan covers that. So we'll we'll see. <laughs> We're not sure about the dedication yet, but we have high hopes. Yeah, cut it out if you need to. I don't, I don't mind. But. Matt, Matt's the perfect example of to know him is to love him, and I think that genuinely came out. Like Sam was saying, people contacting us from the show, stars from the show. You know, they don't have to. They could send a like, I'm sorry to, for your loss, or some kind of condolence, or whatever. But no, they genuinely felt a loss and were in tears 
the main cast of Quantum Leap over this man, Matt Dale. Yeah, and I think it was. They just wanted said, to talk I, I only it. just talked to him. What What's going on? Yeah. 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 Well, and so, Georgina, you know, I, I think Georgina is a perfect example, too, because I, I was going to scrap the interview and I was just going to say, you know, maybe we should do this some other time. I really don't know. And when she said, you know, I, I think we should do it and I think we should dedicate it to Matt. And I think it would be a tribute because it's, you know, what he would have wanted to do. And as she was right. And it was, it was, you know, and it, and, and, and it was lovely to be able to just to do that in that spirit. And, and, and yet the flip side of that is as soon as it was, as it was over, I wanted to send Matt the message. You know, I saw a picture on Facebook earlier today of this, quantum leap branded alarm clock that somebody <laughs> was sent by like a yeah, station cool. rep and i and i screenshotted it and i almost didn't screenshot it because what i was going to do initially is i was going to be like matt did you see this and instead i screenshotted it because i was like it's got to go somewhere mm-hmm. yeah. you should send the link to me i'd laugh <laughs> <laughs> i will do that <laughs> i asked them to get one for each of us what well okay uh funniest stories about matt dale let's let's uh let's celebrate his life let's let's tell people in the future the matt dale we knew do you remember chris this was maybe our second or third podcast all of us together it was pretty early on anyway and we were doing um eight and a half months and uh, matt was like I have a bit planned. <laughs> so, he was so nervous. He had zero confidence that he could talk to us. He's, he's, he's like, I have a bit planned. And for a podcast, he's like, I have jello and onions. Yeah. No one's going to see this, but just know I have jello and onions. And he did that bit because he was so excited to do the bit. We're like, how do they taste? How's it going? Not very good. <laughs> I think by the end of the Jello, Jello, he was like, "It's not that bad either." So, yeah, it was so um, great. Like he didn't tell us till we were on mic. Like it's like, yeah, it's so yeah, he really, he really unveiled it. Yeah, um, I don't know that I have like a funniest story. It's just seriously listen to the last five years of the podcast mm-hmm. because we never left anything back, especially if it was funny. It was in the show or in the blooper reels at the end of the show. And we had such a good time together. All three of us. Uh, I, I keep going back to this. I've podcasted before. I've had podcasting partners. When you find people that you connect with and you just have that chemistry and it's natural, you, you cling to it. You cling to it because it's so rare. And Allison, and Matt and I had that. And it comes through on every episode of the show we've ever done together. So if you want to know what I think about, like the funny story about Matt, it's everything we, we have laughed about over the last half decade. Because some of our, our funniest episodes were on days we were all we were all feeling bad for one reason or another. Yeah. We're like, let's just get on mic and cheer each other up. Let's laugh about quantum leap. I can't tell you how many days, like it's a Sunday and I'm looking at, uh, I'm making the notes and I'm doing the rundown and I'm like, I'm just not feeling it. I don't want to do it today. Whether it was for a main show or for like a leaps elsewhere or for a fangent, I was just not in the mood. And then I would get on mic and within like three minutes with you guys, 
even just doing the checks and the sound levels and the claps and the room tone, I was already, all right, I'm in. I'm, I'm, that's it. I'm, I'm with my people. Here we are. And we're going to have a good time. And we, we never failed to have a good time together, the three of us. And that's what I mean. It's like I've done shows with other hosts because I was asked to and I tried to bring my best. But sometimes it was like pulling teeth because I just did not have that rapport with them. But with you guys, it was just like, I can just sink into this and breathe because I got Matt at my side. I got Allison at my other side. I'm good. I'm golden. And we never have to, we never have to figure it out. It's already done. We just got to talk. So I, <sighs> thank you. Uh, thank you, Allison. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Albie. Thank you for making all of this possible because mm. As I said, it's rare. And, it, and that's, it's inestimable how much he'll be missed. It's just. <sighs> so, One yeah, thing. I'm sorry. You asked for funny stories. I'm sorry to make it. <laughs> I think um, in everyone here, we found lifelong friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. I, I wish that we'd had lifelong friendship with Matt too, but I know that we're always going to remember him. He's always going to be alive, like in our hearts, you know, um, mm-hmm. yeah. someone left a, a message the other day, uh, on that video we did on kiss meets the Phantom of the park. Oh, really? <laughs> and they said they watched it for Matt. Oh yeah. my goodness. And they said it was still funny. And that was a thousand years ago. <laughs> it was a thousand years ago, but they were like, you know how I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna keep Matt's memory alive. I need yeah. to watch Kiss Me It's the Phantom of the Park, and they did. I feel <laughs> so. like that might have been our first Patreon special. Oh my goodness gracious! I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. it was so much fun to do that because we were we were doing um the glitter rock the fate yeah. slide wheel yeah. episode. <laughs> And uh, yeah, and then we thought about you know yeah, you you ever seen that TV movie Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park where Kiss is like they're fighting some funhouse phantom or whatever <laughs> so bad and we're like we got to do a we got to do a video together right we got to have a movie nights crossover yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember Matt was uh, he had such a great time with that and like <laughs> it's a lot of funny bits what I it was really fun it was what I together. what I loved about Matt was with me not even recording shows, but like just our personal conversations uh, was he was very yes. end, and so am I. And so when we would get together and yes, end, it was, it was ridiculous. Uh, like I would always, you know, make fun of his Britishness and uh, tell him he didn't have to do the accent. It was just me, you know, stuff like that. And then he would just do the accent more and more and end up sounding like Mrs. Doubtfire, maybe even it was, hello. Dame Edna impression or something like that. Um, uh, Dame Edna was Australian, by the way. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. But you know that that kind of uh, bit. uh, And uh, Chris will attest to this. But I would just randomly call up Chris or Matt, and you know he's five hours different, so I'd make sure the time was okay. Um, (laughs) But but like I would do a bit every time I called him, like, "Hello, this is Albie." From America, calling long distance. <laughs> and I would be like shouting everything like it was the 1800s and it's a new technology. And he would just play along and we would have our conversation shouting and making references that were like hundreds of years old. And 
Mm-hmm. Oh, it was just just great to have that person to be able to be an idiot with and enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. He was special. Um, we were asking for funny memories. Uh, mm. I don't know, Sam, Hayden, Bran. I feel like we, I, we're naturally monopolizing the conversation. And <laughs> no, we're, we're sorry. Me having to think been, of something to say. <laughs> it's been lovely to, 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 to listen. It's funny. I, I, I don't have anything specific that stands out. I just know that anytime that we got on mic and I, and I'm thinking in particular of the last couple of times, um, there would always be a lot of laughter and, mm-hmm. and, and that these last two times that we, you know, we, we did, um, an episode actually, where we, we talked about beyond the mirror image, but we also talked about Babylon five. It was just something mm-hmm. I was like, Hey, you want to talk about this? Like, yeah, let's talk about it. And after we were finished recording, you know, we were just sitting around talking for another hour and, and, and laughing a lot. And, uh, and making plans to do things that probably would have given us more laughter. We we're going to, you know, we, we'd plan to record a couple of episodes about red dwarf and we, you know, we'd made plans to get back together and, you know, record this or record that. And, um, it's, it's hard, you know, it's funny because as you were talking, there were a couple of times, you know, I, I, I know Chris, when you were like, Oh, I'm sorry. I know we're supposed to be talking about funny things, but it's, it is so hard to separate one from the other right now because a funny story can't help but lead to the fact that it's like, well, now I, I'm not going to get any more funny mm-hmm. stories. And now there's something that I'm not going to get to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, but one of the things, you know, two things that one is more recent than the other, but two things I guess that do kind of stand out is we were talking about, um, the Doctor Who special, um, the giggle, and uh, when when the fifteenth Doctor appears for the first time, he doesn't have any pants on, <laughs> and, uh, and so Matt Spoilers. and I sent, sent some messages. <laughs> Matt and I sent some messages back to one another, and uh, Matt started it, but it, you know he just became the pantsless Doctor, and so every every time we would send a message about it, it would be like, "Well, the pantsless Doctor did this." Oh yes, the pantsless Doctor. Um, which is not different uh, meaning in British. <laughs> <laughs> it might be. Oh Lord. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, um, but it, 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 it's kind of funny because the other sort of funny thing, uh, which is also uh, kind of touching to me, um, it also has to do with Dr. Who. And it's that the Gallifrey convention that he used to go to every year. Um, I have wanted to go to since I was like 14 years old. Um, and I just have never been able to, for a variety of reasons, make it. And we talked about it a few times over the past, you know, couple of years. And, uh, I mentioned to him not too long ago, I was like, I'm, you know, one of these years I'm definitely going to make it. I think one of the things that I've always been worried about is that, you know, I I would have to go alone. And he was just like, well, you wouldn't be alone, you know? And, and I mean, that meant that meant the world to me because I know how busy he is when he's there. He knows so many people there. He does the year end video. He does, you know, he's involved with this. He knows this person, that person, that person. And so it was just kind of like, and he wasn't specifically talking about himself. He's just talking about the friends that he would make. But one of the things that we joked about uh, is, as I was just like, well, I hope you don't mind, but if I see you, I'm going to have to hug you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and, uh, Yeah, he, of course he didn't. He didn't mind at all. Um, he would have welcomed it, and I wish that that I wish that that could have happened. 
I, I don't have anything super funny from Matt, but uh, you know, more exciting. Any anytime something would come across my desk, you know, I'd, I'd tell him <laughs> or share it with him. And uh, when I started doing my Kickstarter, you know, I just needed two hundred bucks, you know, to to raise money to do these forums, and I wasn't sure if there was even any interest in in keeping them because you know they'd been dead for a while facebook took over and you know it was just easier with the old technology we had so you know i was going to try to raise a little bit of money and see if there's any interest and he said you know he asked me a few questions about it and, and all this and you know chris you said something earlier about you know if it wasn't for me you know matt wouldn't have gotten as far as he did and, and so i mean he if that's true he took it and flew with it um yeah far beyond anything any I think any any of us have done. So the last conversation I had with him, I was talking to him about it and and I opened the Kickstarter and within like four hours it was funded <laughs> fully. Um, mainly by one person and I told him who it was and he was very excited and I'll tell you guys off screen. But um you know and the last thing he said to me was you'll be fine though. You're already flying ahead. Hmm. Hmm. And reading that again now, just <laughs> I can't, I can't even say what that means to me. Yeah, no, that's amazing. It's funny how I feel like this is endemic in fandom and just creative people in general. We're always so insecure about the things that we love and that we want to see come to fruition. And it always takes the support of a community to tell us, no, it's good. And what you're doing is right. And I feel like, like we all mutually support each other in those endeavors. So when I say Brian, I don't think BTMI would have been possible without Al's Place. But you're telling me the next evolution of Al's Place wouldn't have been possible without Matt. We all feed off of each other. And it's all just one giant symbiosis of, of support and love. And we're all into it and we're all in it together. Like, this is it. You're stuck with me. Hey, hey, assholes, you're stuck with me. Here I am. <laughs> you know, so deal. And I wish that, you know, Matt could say that along with me. Hey, here I am too. You know, because I feel like, again, he was, for someone like me, who is kind of insulated, and I speak to the people I speak to, Matt was like universal. Like he was, he was the the Captain Jack of Quantum Leap. Like he spoke to everybody. He was he was pan fandom. So no matter what it was, he took it all in and he synthesized it. And we all benef benefited from his grace and from his just general knowledge base. He knows everybody and everything. It was crazy. And I'm just like, I, I, I think I wrote a book 20 years ago. And he's just like, well, run with that. You got it. Kid. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. It's, it's just random, but it reminded me when you said the knowledge base thing, Matt and I had a great laugh not too long ago over the fact that we both felt like if we ever did quantum leap trivia, we'd be horrible at it. And it was just funny to us because like one, I, I, it came about because I was joking around about like how if we ever did trivia there would be a lot of pressure on us to like know our shit and and 
that was just like i'd be horrible at it i was like yeah me too i would be awful at it like i just like yeah i've seen the show i talk about it all the time but I, I i don't have that same kind of you know passion or recall that there are so many people out there that do you know and and and, and, and i'm intimidated sometimes you know looking at the message boards or reddit or or, or facebook or whatever and i see people bringing stuff up but i'm just like Oh yeah, right. That is that is that is a fact about that well, show well, that Santa. I do not know. Yeah. Well, Sam, <laughs> you, you're never the... going to win Quantum Leap trivia unless you can rattle off Sam Beckett's social security number, <laughs> <laughs> which I cannot do. I can't, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's part of the reason that Matt wrote the book is because yeah. he wanted to write down all of these things and have a resource. <laughs> Uh, for himself because there's so many times on the podcast like we'd be like what was the date of this thing or what is this thing and then you'd be like shuffle 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 you hear his like paper like he's looking at his own book like I know this I know this funny thing it was like like my my original my original intent was like I knew Alice because Allison and I did a special before we we all three of us did a show together so I, I said okay I know I have a good thing with Allison but we need somebody that knows quantum leap like like the authority yeah. so I said and I thought oh I interviewed uh, that guy who did that book with that other guy uh, a year ago <laughs> let's get him on the show and I was thinking he's going to be chapter and verse and he's just like <laughs> I don't remember what. <laughs> but I feel like that is almost a pre, uh, a like prerequisite of good podcasting, because you're not sitting there um actualing everybody. You're having a conversation. Mm-hmm. You're not dictating the rules and the and 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 the facts. And so, the role that I wanted Matt for when I first got all of us together he transcended that right away because he's just like, no, I can't do that. And I'm just like, yeah, but you're good anyway. So let's go, you know? And that's why he was just like, flip, 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 flip. <laughs> okay. I got, I got to look at my book. You're asking me. Okay. If there was something, it would be like, what, what show was canceled when quantum leap filled in? And he's just like, that's not in my book. And then you typing like, what show was it? If you knew how much silence we cut out while he was researching something on the fly, because I just thought he would know it. Yeah. I mean, that, that includes, Inquisitive nature and that ability yeah. to like to 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 you know like what you're saying, Allison. Oh, I don't I don't know this, but I should know this, or it should be written down. It should be kept somewhere. And and his ability to then go out and track that down and 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 not rest until he had found something new. And I remember when he got the um, the fanzines, the huge collection of fanzines, and how yeah. he told me the story about like writing the trade with like this you know this huge thing, this parcel of all these magazines, and how excited he was to you know to get this open to get all this new. Information information and it paid off because he did he went through all of that and there's so much new detail in the the second edition uh of volume one that he you know combing through those fanzines that's what he found and he continued to do that i mean again in his last you know one of his last messages to me um he was talking about all the work that he had done and about you know how it was going to be good to take a, a little bit of a break but that that he was finding so much new stuff even now and and it was never ending for him. I mean, even his Doctor Who website, the Millennium Effect, it was a product of that, you know, of all these little these little questions that might have seemed inconsequential to someone else. But for him, it was the idea that, like, there's not an answer out there to that, but there should be. And I'm going to find it. And how beautiful that is. He, he loved sharing 
that knowledge with people. Uh, he he bought a, a TV guide from 1990-something and sent it to me so I could check the, the air date of a Quantum Leap episode for him. Like, is this in here? Can you read this for me? Um, I remember one day he sent me a message, and I don't know if this came from Brian or who. It was like a picture of a license plate, a holographic license plate that said Alimony One. And he's like, this was in Quantum Leap. This was Al's license plate in Killing Time. You just didn't see it. And I'm like, this is blowing my mind. Because he knew, like, who's going to be excited about this license plate that you didn't see on screen? Allison's going to be excited about this license plate you didn't see on screen. And I'm like, I am excited about this. And we would always share these like little details. I'd be like, I noticed this little thing. And he's like, ooh, that's not in the book but it's going to be in the book. <laughs> it was always that was such wonderful. joy. It was it was never yeah. like it was never pedantic. It was always just like shared with like this joy of like, "Oh, come come look what I found," you know. It was it was yeah. so wonderful. No detail was too small. Oh, no. no. <laughs> Matt loved minutia. Yeah. I, I think we had a half hour conversation one time about the mustard in blind faith. And he he was just so excited <laughs> to talk about it. Yeah. You know? I tell and, you what, he loved learning about Pythagoras. <laughs> yeah actually matt and i had a good little inside joke but just between the two of us um mm -hmm. this happened because of a faux pas of mine um when when don't my stories involve some sort of faux pas uh, <laughs> um yeah someone on one of the quantum leap sites had mentioned they'd seen matt's book and asked if it was any good or anything and i said oh yeah i edited i edited this and um just because I'd done a little bit of proofing or I mean I'm not a writer I don't know what the terms are or anything like that so I didn't think anything of it and <laughs> Chris <laughs> tore me a new asshole after that <laughs> yeah. uh, you did not bloody edit it you didn't all of that. and <laughs> Matt, Matt was just like don't worry about it he's not a, he's not a writer he doesn't know <laughs> and, um, but yeah after that just between me and Matt I was his editor <laughs> <laughs> well you know it, it's so funny because he he had asked me to be one of the the proofreaders the for volume yeah. three and it was so kind because he immediately was like you know if you uh, you'll get a free book out of it so if you want to cancel your pledge because I'd already pledged at that point if you want to cancel your pledge that's fine and i was like no man of course i'm, I'm gonna keep my pledge in like i really appreciate that that's awesome i'll take the book i'll do a giveaway for it on the show or something <laughs> like that but again it was just sort of like he he wasn't as concerned with that as he was with like just the yeah i i don't know i can't articulate it but i i i'm <sighs> well i think he was very grateful for every little thing that someone did for him no matter how minuscule like i've done very very little proofing of the last couple of um editions but um he was always very grateful for every little thing that i was able to do and um yeah i, I just you know I, lo I love the fact that he never really took life too seriously that's uh that's um you know something that we had in common yeah so that's you know one of the things that really cut cut me deep with him being gone yeah. I th I think the the one thing that makes me happiest about Matt joining us besides getting to know him and being our friend is I got to see him go from a place and I think I'm echoing other things that you said uh where he was so unsure of himself but he was so passionate and so talented and he grew to where he understood how good he was at things and i don't think because he believed it i think because he believed his friends that believed it uh like 
one of the things I think uh, recently that came up besides, you know, how good he was getting at the interviewing and everything is he would always be dismissive of his work in the books. And um, just very recently, Chris, uh, he had found out through some recording we did that you were had written another book, The Seeker. And he had never oh, heard of this. Yeah. Somehow he missed all my plugs that I ever gave for your book and <laughs> recommendations. And he, he read your book. Uh, and he, yeah. per, he profusely told you how much he loved it, told me how much he loved it. And, uh, I told him and like, and Chris was very dismissive that he didn't, he didn't think it was a good book. Nobody likes it. Everybody hates it, but I loved it. I was the only one that I knew loved it, but now I had a friend that loved it. Matt loved it. And I, I explained to Matt, and I'm, I'm glad I got to do this, that Chris doesn't believe you. You don't believe me, but you got to believe it because we love your work. And I, I think he believed it. I don't know. I, if that's I, yeah, no. And thank you for that. And it's funny because Matt impressed that upon me as well, because um, this is an, a novella I wrote. God, I don't know how, how long ago. And um I decided to um, self-publish it because I couldn't sell it because it was too long. It was too weird. It was too, it was too out of the box for every market ever. So once I realized I couldn't sell it, I said, you know what? I've been unemployed for eight months now. I'm just going to self-publish this thing and see where it goes. And of course, everybody hated it. Like, I mean, I have good reviews on Amazon, but people just don't like this novella. And Matt had never, to my like chagrin, like he'd never heard of it. And he was just like, what? What? Huh? What? And he immediately got the PDF copy from Amazon. And he said, I can't read it on my reader. And I said, I'll send you a PDF that I have. You didn't have to buy it. And he said, no, I'm happy to buy it. And um, he said, you know what? I just, I whatever the equivalent of jailbreaking a, an ebook is he did that and he was able to read it on his thing and he said no he said i really loved it it was great and i said i know you're lying it's okay and he said no chris if i were lying i would have said good job mate it's lovely or whatever so if matt ever said that to you your stuff sucks because that was his blanket you know Pablum well, of now, now I know he never locked my proofing. <laughs> there you go. So, <laughs> he hates my so he never liked the after show. <laughs> <laughs> but that was that was his way of you know just saying you know you're over there and it's good. But he <laughs> he seemed to genuinely enjoy it, which to me is even doubly surreal because number one, like I said, everybody hates that novella. Um, I like it because it. I was writing in a certain way for a certain thing and it, it accomplished what I wanted it to accomplish artistically. But it also just blows me away that that just might be, and I can't confirm this, but it might be the last thing he ever read completely. Like the last work of fiction, because he read it about a week before all of this happened. So I don't know. I don't know if that's a thing, but I'm if he if that was the case and he did genuinely enjoy it, I'm happy he did because it's just again, you never know as an artist how the things you put out will affect somebody. 
And um, I learned this early on when I was, you know, in journalism school, when I was doing some investigative pieces about different things and we would put them out on the radio and then I would get like uh, like a letter in the mail from somebody who said this spoke to me in a way that I've never heard somebody talk about it publicly before. And as someone who is a presenter you never forget things like that. So for Matt to say he genuinely enjoyed something that I put out as a creator without being polite, without, and I took, and I even said to him, it's like, dude, we're friends. You could tell me it sucked. It's okay. You know, it's, it's fine. And he's like, no, if, if it sucked, I would have given you like the polite brush off, but he really liked it. So, yeah, I mean, it made me even more zealous to write the piece that he wanted me to write for um, the third edition of uh, BTMI. And uh, we haven't really spoken about that in a while. But again, um, he was working on the third edition, which would have all of the ephemera, which uh, not the old show, not the new show, but the timeline that he devised. And everything else, the novels and the comics and all that. And my biggest regret of being friends with Matt, besides not knowing him better than I wanted to know him, is the fact that we never got to talk about foreknowledge or any of the other stuff that was quantum fiction that was always in my brain. Because it was funny. I was cleaning out um, my library uh, doing a, a complete remodel of the house. And I found the original manuscript for foreknowledge and also like, like letters and like um, treatments that I had done for different scripts and different novels that I wanted to sell after the fact. And I sent him the cover letter to one and I'm just like much more to come. And he's just like, I, I can't wait to see it. <laughs> and I, and he's never, he's never going to see it now because, you know, we all think we have all the time in the world and we're not going to talk, uh, you know, it's the, the podcast. We got the new show. We got the legacy series. We got the books. My book's not going to come up for another two years. We got all the time. When we get to my book, I'll send you all the shit and we'll, we'll be fine. And then we can talk about it. And here we are. He's never going to get to see it. He's mm. never, we're never going to get to talk about it. So it's just like, <sighs> you know, I mean, just, yeah. But that's the faith too, though. I think that he had, that he had in, in you, Chris, is that he wanted you to write this short story as one of the stretch goals, you know, that that was going to be something that was going to be included, that there was going to be this new piece of fiction, this new piece of quantum leap fiction. And he wanted you to write it, you know? Can I tell you why I think that was? Um, yeah, there please. was, there, there was a piece, um, for all of you who don't know, and, um, you might be, but he's gone. So you're never going to get it anyway. There was a secret fourth edition, uh, fourth volume or whatever fourth. <laughs> tell me volume, volume four. Yeah. 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 It was a secret volume four of beyond the mirror image, um, that included the ephemera that he didn't know what to do with included in that was a short story that I wrote, uh, you know, a million years ago, that took place after mirror image. And he told me profusely how much he loved it. 
And when he was thinking of stretch goals for BTMI 3, he said, would you want to write a story if we can meet the goal? And I was just like, yeah, yesterday, because as I said earlier, <laughs> it was a story that I had had in my mind since I was writing my novel. And I always wanted it to be my second novel, but, you know, the series ended. So I had the first the first scene, like the leap in, basically, in my brain since 1996. Before you were born, Allison, I had this in my brain. <laughs> I was born in 89. Excuse me. <laughs> You're still young. Uh, but anyway, um, so when Matt asked me to do it, I finally put this down to paper and then I could map out everything that wasn't the book that I wanted to write, but what he needed for that stretch goal. And it actually was better because it was something I was more interested in writing about. So I had like every scene kind of mapped out in my head of what I wanted to do, but I finally got that leap in on paper and I sent it to Matt. And he first said to me, he said, I didn't know where this was going, but <laughs> nice, you know, like good leap in. I liked it because it is, it, it's kind of meandering, but it does get there. And he was just like, honestly, Chris, I didn't know what, the <laughs> but. <laughs> 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 and, and you know so i'm i'm grateful to him for that as well because again since i feel like since brian invited me to leap back 09 i was not involved in fandom or even my part in the fandom like my fiction was a distant memory like i hadn't written in years i mean i did that novella but you know, after I tried to sell books and stuff after uh, foreknowledge, it was just too hard. It was just too much of a freaking grind. I figured I could just go and, you know, get a job and make good money without suffering and worrying. And, you know, I let all of that go so, so long ago. In my 20s, I let that go. I'm now in my 50s. And Matt said, hey, do you want to write this? And I'm like, <laughs> and, I just, and it just all poured out of me. And it was just like, I never would have done this thing had he not asked me. And it, it's like, I feel like I'm reconnecting with a part of myself um, in every way because of his interest in my work. It's so well, weird. And it's something that clearly meant a lot to him. It meant enough to him to ask Deborah to come back and be the voice of Ziggy for the story, you yeah, know, and, which, which is yeah. incredible. And, 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 and I don't know if, if you know this, but it was so out of the blue for me. And it was something that uh, I still can't. I mean, I, it felt so validating in this weird way because Matt's never, ever seen my work or heard my work or anything other than through the podcast but he asked me to to read it to do to do the audio book version of it oh you mm -hmm. were gonna you were gonna be the uh the e-reader huh i was gonna be the, yeah and 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 it's funny because i you know i was like well do you want a sample like you, you know you've never actually heard me do anything do you want a sample and he's like yeah sure you can send me something <laughs> and so i did this like rushed uh, you know, something that I could send him. And it was the first few pages of foreknowledge. <laughs> <laughs> this is all news to me. <laughs> so there's an audio file floating out there in the ether. 
How amazing. You know you got to send that to Chris. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so you it's do. Not good. <laughs> it's not good. Matt was so gracious. He was like, he was like, he's like, um, it was a little rushed and, and, you know, I'd want you to slow down, uh, but it sounds great. And uh, yeah, I, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is whenever I wrote anything, if I thought of anybody reading it, I would always think of Rene Obergenois mm. because I've heard him do like, a, but if I had to pick a second, I think Sam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty damn good company. Uh, tell, tell us, Christopher. Tell us you will you will make this happen for Matt and for the rest of us. Yeah, you know what? Um, we're always looking for more stuff, more quantum leap stuff. Now that Matt inspired me to go back to the keyboard and to figure out this story in the way that he wanted me to present it, because. His only thing was that we celebrate the, I think it was the 30th or the 35th anniversary of Quantum Leap, but indirectly. Like he didn't want like a crossover between the new series and the old series. He just wanted me to write a Quantum Leap story in the vein of Sam and Al, like I was writing my novel. So because the genesis of the story was from the second novel that I wanted to write, which never saw the light of day because the series ended and who knows if they would have bought it anyway. Um, I was able to repurpose that into what Matt wanted and it became better as a result. So I don't know that um, I can't not write it at this point because I have such a clear direction. I haven't been so clear in a piece of fiction in my brain since foreknowledge and foreknowledge came to me one night, sleepless night. And I like three o'clock in the morning, I got a pad and I wrote down everything that became that book. And I feel like Matt inspired me to do that again with this short story because he, he asked me to take it to a place I never wanted to take it or never thought to take it. But once he did, I said, how can I adapt this and how can I do that? And all of a sudden it just, it opened up in my head and yeah, that's, that's everything for a writer. When you know the story that you want to tell and you can see it, you can see it in your brain. And the only thing that can happen when you're writing is that it gets better because you see more possibilities. Yeah. It's you're, you're in a good place. So I hope, you know, I don't know how it will be, you know, come to fruition or how we'll, we'll get it out to people, but I do want to finish it and I do want to get it out in some form. So. Well, we already have Sam and Deborah on board, so that's pretty good. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> um, so, so we haven't heard the last from Matt Dale because there's some stuff in the pipeline. Can we talk about what's coming up and what's available that we might be putting out with uh, that fans can uh, look forward to with Matt? There are two episodes of the podcast that we recorded. One was an episode proper for Blind Faith, and the other was an episode for our Patreon show, Leaps Elsewhere, where we did Mean Streak or Mean Streets. Which one is it, Allison? This mean streak. Mean streak's not out yet. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> right? We recorded yeah. it so long ago. 
Um, so yeah, we did, we did, um, both of those and I got behind on the blind faith podcast. So we just sort of skipped it and yeah, it's tough because I was 15 minutes into the edit and then life happened. And now I'm scared to go back to it because I feel like I'm going to be editing and crying. But we also did Mean Streak. What was that? Like in July? We did that like like half a year ago. It was so Time long ago. Time has no meaning to me. I have no idea. When we did. I think I was still living in the United yes. States when we recorded it. You know? <laughs> and I, again, I just dropped the ball. I haven't had a chance to do it. So I have two files with the three of us that I haven't edited yet. And um, we'll release them on the main feed and eventually the Patreon feed. Maybe both. I don't know. I, I count on you guys to tell me how we should release this stuff when. All I know is that I just have to now just sit down and edit it without my heart breaking. That's all. It's going to be difficult, but I think it's important. Uh, I I don't know if you remember this, Chris. Uh, Matt and I did a an aired pilot for a TV show for our Baron space, possibly for our YouTube feed that we, it didn't get picked up by us, which is weird. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, it was a, uh, time travel movie review video show. Cause it was a idea we had, cause we were doing the legacy series, uh, but we wanted more content for YouTube. So we thought of doing this and we did record one episode, uh, before I we do got remember that. Yeah. Yeah, you, you were the... It was just about time travel movies, yes, right? Yes, I think I sent you a copy, maybe. Uh, but uh, time travel movies, and it was... Uh, I, I th We finished it. Uh, I never put it out, so I think I should put it out now. I think it might be fun for people to see more of Matt Dale. Can't be a bad thing, more of Matt Dale, right? Yeah, no, I mean, anything that we can do to... Um, help people get to know him and to enhance his legacy. I feel mm -hmm. like any Met content is good Met content because mm -hmm. he was just always so, again, he was so giving. He was always the backdrop. Like you could do a, an entire show. It was all about you. It was all about what you thought. Matt would be there to lend support. Matt would be there to interject at this point. And because of that, it he made everything that he, he raised everything up. It wasn't just like three people arguing about their points of view. It's like you said before about the yes end. Mm -hmm. He was sort of that way, but with ideas, not just improv. Mm -hmm. It was just like, mm -hmm. yes, end, mm -hmm. but so then what do you mean by that? Yes, end, so let's explore that. Yes, end. And I would do that to him too. I would say like, I have this idea. What do you think about that? And it was just a way to perpetuate like just good content. So anything that we can do to have Matt on the air posthumous, pos, posthumously, thank you. Posthumously. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm all for it. It's just going to be a tough, a tough mm -hmm. road to hoe, you know, it's yeah. just, oof. I don't even know how I'm going to edit this. So one step at a time. I, I think that, <clears throat> I think that a good uh, one for people to listen to if they want to know Matt a little better was uh, Albie's interview with him. Hmm. What's the name of the show? A, a Conversation with Albie. I think I'll put that on our YouTube feed. Yeah. That makes sense. Because I think, I think that was one of the few times it was, it was just about hmm. him and just about his life. And I felt like when I listened to it, 
um, I, forever ago, I felt like I, I learned more about him mm-hmm. as a person. So I think like if people are wanting to listen to something a little more about him personally, that's a good one to, to listen to. Mm-hmm. So I'll make sure that goes up. Uh, so do we know what's going to happen with his book, how far along it was, and if anybody's going to pick it up and finish it? I think it's just it's just too it's just too soon you know i mean i think that i i I think if if i'm being completely honest i think that there's there's definitely a desire that might exist to try to finish it but if i'm also being completely honest it would take 10 people to do what one matt could do Mm -hmm. yeah and you know, with what's, with what's complete, with what might be accessible or available even, cause that's the other thing, like how much mm-hmm. of, how much of, you know, what he was working on, you know, is going to actually be accessible. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it, I, I, I don't have an easy answer, but I mean, I've spoken to a couple of people and, and I think that there is, there is a desire by some people to try to get that done. Um, that he was working with and people that were, you know, part of the proofreading team and stuff like that. But uh, it's, it's overwhelming to think about for many, many, many reasons. Um, but there was, I mean, there was some stuff that was, that was basically complete, you know, he had, he had finished the, the comics section pretty much. Um, he had finished a, a couple of other, you know, bits and pieces here, but, but there's still so much of it that, mm-hmm. um, you know, he There's he a big was, chunk of it that was just lifted out of the original Beyond the Mirror Image as well. Yeah, but there I was know, also he st- to adapt it, but. right? Yeah, and there was also stuff that 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 he hadn't he had not yet felt comfortable, you know, sharing with the proofers and everything. So I just can only imagine that if he if he didn't feel it was at the level yet to say like, hey, you know, take a pass at this. You know, then it's one of those questions that becomes like, how do you, how do you fill in the blank? You know, how do you, how do you pick that up and and try to make it what it could have been? You know, what it would have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. I mean, again, speaking as an artist, we can only guess and approximate, but we'll never be able to produce what he produced because we're not in his head. So, mm-hmm. I mean. I recall when I first spoke to Matt, it was when we interviewed him for the podcast for BTMI and him and Kevin, uh, because it was a joint interview, were both actually taken aback a little bit by the, by the fact that I wanted to focus on the appendices where they were doing like the entire timeline of the universe. <laughs> and uh, to me, that was like, like, the biggest part of the book. And they were just like, that was just something we put together after the fact. And that turns out to be what I think volume three was going to consist of along with the ephemera, the novels and the comics and everything. But to me, it was so remarkable that Matt took the time to not just put quantum leap into a context for quantum leap, but into a context for a timeline for like humanity. 
and to make it relevant to everything that you might think of. So when he was talking about an episode about blah, 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 I don't know, like, like penicillin was something instrumental, like Louis Pasteur was on his timeline because Sam cured somebody with penicillin in 1951 (laughs) and he invented in 1888 or whatever. I don't know. (laughs) But, and it's just like, who does that? Like, why are you even thinking along those lines? (laughs) You know, and he was just like, "Oh no, that was just you know naturally. It just it, what it, it's what came up, and we just put it as the." And I'm like, "What? This is insane! You're you're an insane person." <laughs> so, but that's why I knew he would be good for the podcast, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so what that volume three would have been, I don't know, but I sure love that cover. I mean. Yeah. All, oh. all dem handlings, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, if anybody can or any 10 people can bring it to fruition, I'd support it. Um, just as a tribute to the work that he did to get that started, which began how many years ago with the original edition mm-hmm. of BCMI? Mm. We we could never replicate what he thought, but we could at least mm. try to honor it. Mm. Okay. I think that that's one of yeah. the things too is that there was like there was a voice that existed in those books, you mm-hmm. know, and 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 I know that he would probably scoff at that a little bit, but like I, I when I introduced him on one of the interviews that we did, I introduced him as a writer first, you know, <laughs> in addition to being podcaster and everything. And sometimes he didn't necessarily think of himself that way; he just thought of himself as someone that collected, collated some data, and, you know, put it on a page. But it's like, no, there's a voice there. Mm-hmm. There's a voice there, especially in the new in the new volumes. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I felt humbled. He asked me um, for, for those who don't know, but we're in deep dive territory anyway. (laughs) Uh, I used to do radio sightings for the original series. I would see if there were radio, because I collect radios. There are radios on screen. It's 1961. This radio came out in 1975. It's apocryphal, whatever. But he was so jazzed about me just doing that that I sent him my stuff for my radio sightings, the limited stuff I have I had done, and he included a lot of that in the the new edition of BTMI. And I was just like, "Who cares about this besides me and maybe Alvi?" <laughs> and he he still put it in there, and it was just like, "Thank you, friend. Thank you for seeing me, seeing my fandom." Beyond being like the novel guy, beyond being whatever, like I love radios. I love time travel. This is like my Venn diagram of where it intersected. And he's recognizing that in his magnum opus. It's just insane to me. Again, how we all feed off of each other, how it all matters, how we all support one another. There's nothing too small. There's nothing inconsequential. Like if you're in the community and this matters to you, there is somebody who loves it too. And they will say, Hey, tell me all about that. And that was that guy. He was just that guy before that. Alvi was the only one that was just like, all right, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
he, you know, he asked me for copies of uh, all the episodes that that we had done for the original run of the classic series, and and it just boggled my mind. I, I was like, "You want what now?" And he's like, "Well, I'd really like to have MP3 files of all of your reviews and everything, and you know, I might I might be able to find stuff to use for for the book." And I was like, "But we didn't interview anybody. We didn't talk to you know. We we're just two people sitting around talking about the show." And, uh, and I, I did, I, you know, I uploaded them all to a Google drive and he downloaded them all. And, you know, knowing Matt, he probably has them on a hard drive somewhere like the, 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 you know, fates wide wheel library about the classic yeah. series. And yeah. I don't know what he gained from it, but he, he, if there was something there, he wanted to find it. I think Matt made us all feel important because I really believe to him, we were important. And I thought, I think he felt that everyone was important and he had that special ability to figure out why we were important. I think at times, especially times where I doubt myself, because I doubt myself all the time and I think less of myself than he thought of me a lot. And uh, he was always there to say, you know, give me a pep talk and logically tell me, no, these are the facts. These are the things and you need to believe them and you need to believe in yourself. And it's rare that you have a cheerleader that wants nothing from it other than to cheer you on for no reason. Just, just to, he, he made you feel important because to him, you were important. I did. I went back and forth about this in my head a little bit, uh, but I decided uh, Matt was silly. Matt was funny. Matt was yes and. So I think he would approve of this. So I think it's time for final thoughts and ratings on Matt Dale. Brian Green. <laughs> Remember, uh, you have to tell us your final thoughts and give him a f- out of five rating with some wacky objects that are appropriate to Matt Dale. I was not prepared at all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone was. I got to think of some kind of wacky object that would suit Matt. I got mine. <laughs> okay, I, I'll do it. Uh, Matt is an amazing guy. He was a great friend. He will be greatly missed. He he asked me to write an article for Volume Three and told me you know a couple of pages, a few hundred words, and I put it off and I put it off and I put it off. And he asked me again, and I said, okay, I'll get it done by, by the end of the week. So I started writing, and I've never written anything about myself or, or my site like this. And it turned into 4,800 words in 10 pages. Wow. <laughs> so I'll, give him, I'll give him five out of five pages of articles. <laughs> All right. Hayden. Yeah, well um- – he was an awesome friend and greatly missed. Um, n- no one could ever think of anything bad to say about him. I loved uh, all our laughs and I loved all uh, the fact that, you know, neither of us took life too seriously. You know, we could laugh about just about anything. Um, I will give him the square root of two out of the square root of two edits in his book. All right, I'm going to have to look that up later. Uh, <laughs> Sam. Because of how much you love learning about Pythagoras, you see? Mm-hmm. 
Um, I miss my friend mm. and I wish that he were here. Um, and the feeling of wanting to reach out to him and share whatever quantum leap or doctor who related thing that's going on at that particular point in time will probably not go away soon. And it'll be very difficult to navigate a lot of that without him around. Frankly, there's a missing piece to this puzzle, this community and this fandom. And I don't know what to do without it. Um, and I think of Zach and Sharon a lot and I wish that they had him. I wish that they had him more than, more than we had him. And, um, I'm so grateful to him for everything that I learned from him and for all of the joy that he was able to share with me and with others. And Albie, when you mentioned the word cheerleader, I just feel like he and I had become each other's biggest cheerleaders over these past four or five months in particular. And I feel so lucky to have been able to share that with him. And I look back on the messages that we exchange with one another. And I look back about the, the sheer amount of detail that was shared in each one about the things that we were excited for, about the things that we were learning, about the things that he was doing and the interviews and, 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 and what might have been next. And when you have an executive producer and a writer on a TV show expressing their sadness over the fact that Matt's not going to be able to see the season finale, they've got cooked up. That tells you everything you need to know because he was more than just someone that podcasted or wrote a book about a TV show. He was important and he was special and I will miss him greatly. And that is why there is no number that can quantify the number of sonic screwdrivers that Matt Dale would get on my list. All right. I'm going to go next. We're all very lucky to have had Matt in our lives. And I think we're all going to carry that forward with us in our lives. And I've gone through the different stages back and forth. Um, I think I've only hit anger once. And I think I used uh, the F word, which I don't normally do. And I was like, why did you have to go and do that? <laughs> I was mad at him for like all of 30 seconds, like he wanted to or would have. <sighs> I think what I'll take away mostly is he taught me a lot about myself. And things that I didn't see in myself, uh, I'll try to remember that Matt said that I was good at those things, even though I didn't believe him at the time. I'm going to believe him now. And uh, we we talked about dad things. That was that was one of our things. Besides our fandoms, we talked about being a dad. And, you know, we had that exchange once about, you know, if anything ever happens to me, take make sure my kid's okay. And, you know, when we were talking about it, we were we were really thinking about me not going to be here because my health's not the best. 
but I, I thought I don't I never thought I'd be doing this for Matt. I thought I thought Matt would be doing this for me. But I know how important it was. So, you know, if Zach's listening, watching this in the future, you know, reach out. If you need anything from any of us, we're here for you for the rest of your life, for the rest of our lives. We're here for you. And uh, if you just want to know about your dad, call us up. Talk to us. We all got more stories than we share, had time to share today. I am going to give Matt, in my usual custom style, I, I always go outside of my own rules and scale. I'm going to give him uh, 10 packs of tea that he sent to us. <laughs> uh, Sam's favorite tea. And um, out of five. Yeah. Out of five. <sighs> Oof, yeah. Um, that's what I'm going to do. Allison. I'm, I'm never going to forget Matt and I know none of us will. And, uh, I'm really going to be, I'm really going to miss talking to him, but I am really grateful to have known him and the impact that he's made on my life and so many other people's lives. Um, he was a, a great listener and a great support. He was there for me in a lot of dark times. And I appreciated having someone to talk to who was just so kind and generous with their time and so gentle with their words. And um, he was a really funny guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I enjoyed talking with him and i um, going to miss having those conversations. Um, I think I'm going to give him a thousand out of ten get leapings. <laughs> <laughs> and bringing it home is uh, the other half of Matt Stiffer, Christopher D. Philippus. Mm. I'm not sure that's a interview. thing, but um, <laughs> it is now. Everyone knows yeah. it was Chris you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to say that I've already, uh, you know, I, that I haven't said, um, Matt, he was Matt and I said this on my tribute to him on the main feed of the podcast. Our lives will not be the same without you. Thank you, my friend for being there Thank you, my friend, for enabling me to achieve my my dreams of being part of the Quantum Leap fan community. You were integral in that. Thank you, my friend, for supporting me and my creative vision in the way that I haven't had this enthusiasm to write and create until you asked me to. Just thank you for being my brother and my confidant and my other half and you can never be replaced we will all miss you we all love you and godspeed godspeed my friend go on go on to the light do do every amazing thing that we imagine that you're doing now traverse the next plane and tell us what it's all about. We're going to do a podcast with contacting Matt Dale. Just tell us what it's all about, my friend. I can't. I, 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 I'm sorry. 
I feel like I'm making shit up now. I have no words. It's Matt. I loved him. He's gone. And I'm profoundly, profoundly sad about that. Goodbye, my friend. If you would like to and are able to help out um, Zach and Sharon, uh, give your thanks send a comment if you're able to financially help them out through this horrible time that nobody should have to go through. Um, please follow the uh, links below to the GoFundMe page and give what you can. Um, the response has been amazing. And uh, I think it shows that we all love Matt and we can't be there. We can't bring a pot of soup. We can't bring flowers, uh, but maybe we can, you know, help, them get through one more day without Matt, which nobody should have to do. Um, he was our colleague. He was our friend and he will forever be in our hearts. Um, thank you, Matt. I love you, Matt. I love you, Allison. I love you, Sam. I love you, Hayden. I love you, Brian. And I love you, Christopher. And Matt taught me it was okay to say that. So for the quantum complete podcast, I'm Albie. I'm Chris. I'm Allison. I'm Brian. I always got lost. I'm Sam. <laughs> and I'm Hotbark and Hayden. We'll see you next time. Godspeed, my friend. I love you, Matt. Final question. What is your happy place? Oh, it's so hard to pick just one. Um, That's a good thing. Yeah, no, it's, it, it is. It's useful. Because there's... I have one happy place that I only get to go to once a year. So I have to find other happy places as well. Um, every February, uh, I go to the, the biggest fan-run Doctor Who convention in Los Angeles. So... Uh, also, the, the biggest fan run dot two convention in the world that happens to be in Los Angeles. Um, so there, there is um, the, the Marriott LAX is somewhat my happy place because I have so many happy memories there, and all my friends meet there. Most of my friends from Britain meet in LA. Um, I don't see yeah. them the rest of the year, <laughs> so um, that's yeah that that's wonderful. Um, I'm. I'm also developing a, a new happy place. I have a, um, I've, I have a man cave at home, um, which is just just full of all my geeky stuff. Which is is more is it's a storage room with a TV in it, so it's not it's not much, <laughs> and it's never it's never it's it's been more useful to me than anything with an emotional connection. But Zach has started to get to the sort of age now where he started showing an interest in some of this kind of stuff and he wants to actually go and play in my man cave and sit and watch TV with me in there. So now, awesome. now it's actually it's becoming more it, it's it, it's it was more functional. That was the way I was mm. trying to describe it. It was it was more of a functional place for me to watch TV when I wasn't watching with Sharon. Now it's mm. now it's becoming more of a family time. So um, my my happy place is when I say to Zach, right, do you want to sit in the living room uh, and watch 
children's TV or do you want to come to my man cave and watch Doctor Who and the Daleks? And he says Daleks and that's Aww. that's my happy place. 